0: Hello, and welcome to Horror Movies and Shit. I'm your host, Jim, and with me as always is... Uh, je m'appelle Marc. Mark. why are you talking French?
1: Uh, because we have a guest on.
0: But he speaks Flemish.
1: But French, too.
0: So I... <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, Marc, do you want to you introduce our guest, or do you want me to introduce
1: him? Well, you can go ahead, and then I have a question for you and him.
0: Oh, fantastic! So, with us today is Alan Shivers. Hi, Alan. Hi. So you have your debut novel, nove, novel, novella? I, I don't, I, I don't know. I never know the difference. I, I'm sure I get, it's length, but
2: yeah, I guess it's novella for standard, but it's young adult, so in that case, it's novel. I've been doing my research. Oh. Okay, there you go. Um, it's called Europa Halls, right? Yeah, Europa Halls, indeed. Europa Halls. Okay. So,
0: why don't you tell us a bit about the book?
2: Um, I would call it a big love letter to 90s camp slasher, kind of MTV, MTV era slashers, mm-hmm. a bit of a mix of, I know what you did last summer's Cream, Urban Legend, Valentine, Cherry Falls, those kind of jumbled together with a European setting, which doesn't happen very often, set in Brussels, Belgium, my hometown. So, yeah, I would call it a mix of 90s slasher with some modern European edits in there
0: so i do have to say i have not finished it yet i am currently in the process of reading it and i the opening is was actually really well done i enjoyed that opening quite a bit thank you kind sir <laughs> let me apologize for my dogs in the background i don't know why they're going crazy right now but they are um anyway so this is a a trilogy or how, how many is. books do you plan on releasing okay
2: yeah trilogy go, and we'll see from there what happens after i guess yeah so
0: You have some very interesting names for characters in these books. Do you want to explain those? Because I probably am never going to pronounce a single one of them correctly. I know how they sound in my head, but I'm sure it's wrong.
2: I want to hear your versions first, actually. I'm curious. Oh, oh, no, 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 no.
0: I'd I'd have to go get the book. You're not going to hear my versions at all because I'm just going to sound like somebody from America trying to speak another language. And it's just terrible. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I've got the cover here in front of me so I can remember the names because I'm writing the sequel at the moment that I don't jumble them up. Well, they're from You're all right. over Europe, right? So because of that, they have mm-hmm. the I was kind of googling modern modern names for European girls to so ma- make sure mm-hmm. that they don't sound too antiquated. Uh right. so we have in- Ingvil's Norwegian, Ayats, who's Mor- uh, Moroccan Spanish, uh who's Dutch, uh Lucia. I was curious about that
0: one. I was so
2: curious about Marie
0: because I did not know how that was going to be pronounced because it ends in E-K-E. So I was like, I, I could go one of two ways, and I just did not know where it was going to go. So thank you for that.
2: <laughs> there you go. So Marika, yeah, if it ends with an E in Dutch or in Flemish, my, like my mother tongue, it's like a, a soft vowel, we call it. We don't really pronounce it strongly. So if it. Marike, am I mixing? Am I forgetting anyone there? Uh, Aja Alšbeta, somebody... she's from the Czech Republic. And then there's an L name. Uh, Lucia, right? The Croatian, Lucia. Yep. hmm yeah, and Olivia's Polish, but basically the spelling is different, but it's kind of pronounced, I guess, the American yeah. way too, right? You would say Olivia, but we yeah. would write it with a W instead of a V. So. Right. I, some of those I
0: picked up on, but it's they're very interesting and intriguing names. They're not names you normally see in a in a, a book here, in you know, at least that I see anyway. Mm-hmm. So, what is the general plan for this this trilogy of books? Like, do you do you already have the full storyline fleshed out, or are you working on each section as you go?
2: Kind of had a story arc, I would say, for the protagonists or protagonists that make you through from the get-go. I knew it would be a trilogy because a lot of people have told me uh, if you're an independent author, which I am, it's a good idea to start with not just a standalone, right, but a couple of books. And I wanted to do it anyway because it's kind of a slasher staple if you think of a yeah. lot of the, you know, I know what you did last summer, they had three Scream. Originally, That they had three. Yeah. And then a bunch of others came after. But yeah, I already know where it's leading towards. I kind of have like a rough, how would you call that, scheme, but mm-hmm. not in details yet. So actually, I finished the first draft of the sequel today. I just printed it out. So a little like a hallelujah to myself there because yeah, it was well, rough. Congratulations. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that'll be sent out to the editor and proofreader and stuff now.
0: How did you get started writing, though? Like what What made you decide that this is what you wanted to do?
2: Well, I studied literature first of all at university. I studied English, Spanish literature, so this kind of was always in my veins, I guess, always been writing a lot of poetry and things like this, but then, like for many people, pandemic hit, a lot of free time, not a lot of social time, went through a breakup, so I had a lot of time on my hands all of a sudden, (laughs) and I was like, okay, how can I be proactive and not wallow in my own sorrow too much, but (laughs) actually do, do something with that time and i've yeah i've loved slashers ever since i grew up i know what you did last summer was the first one i ever watched and it was one of those things where i missed a bit of the melancholy nostalgia started setting in when i started watching recent slashers thinking ah i miss a good chase scene i haven't seen a proper good chase scene in a long time and selfishly i was like well i'll write my own in that case and if no one wants to read it fair enough but at least i'll have a good time so yeah Absolutely. Mark, you said yeah. you had a question, and
1: I've yeah, been on not yeah, having time. I, I mean, uh, it was kind of rude, Jim, the way you just jumped in there. So, so <laughs> Alan, ça va? I'm sorry, I'm sorry for so, my uh, con monsieur.
0: game moment, Mark. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I want to take this moment, <laughs> too. Yeah. Yeah. Ça va? I will let you finish, but first.
1: <laughs> uh, ça va? Oui, ça va, monsieur. Ça va avec toi? Ah, uh, c'est comme, comme, si, comme ça. Ah, très bien. C'est comme, si, comme ça, oui. <laughs> 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 ça, <laughs> 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 <bien>. ça marche. A quelle est-ce que tu brussels? Sorry? Atil, uh, pas a quel or a quel
2: Brussels? a quel or a quel or a quel or a quel or a quel a
1: quel
2: a a
0: yeah, I have no idea what you said. Remember, I grew <laughs> yeah. up in America. Here, we don't pride ourselves on speaking more than one language.
1: Or, or you could be like, uh, we get stu? Yeah, I, I,
2: yeah, speak I to did like take how, a few okay. years of German, oh, yeah. but I speak a little
1: of it. <laughs> there you go.
2: Yeah, there's a bit of German in Belgium. You have to speak it here. So,
1: so uh, I studied French for five years, German for three back in school. And that's all I remember from it. So I, I just have to throw it out there to somebody who, could possibly understand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I get you. I had to focus for a second, but I got you.
1: <laughs> well, it's my Northern Irish accent.
2: That's it. I heard a little bit of a twang coming through like in my English. So we're good.
1: <laughs> So I have, I have a question for Jim. So Jim, Jim is the horror expert uh, on this podcast. So Jim.
0: Oh, shut up, Mark. You're such a dick. Which, which, uh,
1: which Belgian horror movies have you seen?
0: I honestly cannot say that. I know that I've seen any of them. Um, Alan was kind enough to give me some ideas as to movies I should watch. I haven't had a chance yet to watch them, but I do have the list saved, so I will be kept trying to so catch up on those.
1: I, I, I was trying to think before this uh, we started. Um, I think I've seen two, maybe. Ooh, which ones? I'm curious now. Oh, so, uh, Calver, Calver. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calver. Yeah. And uh, Man Bites Dog. That's, yeah, that was classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was way ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. As far as like the format and the, the mockumentary type of thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Well, Very odd that, <laughs> <laughs> That's my contribution, Jim.
0: So Alan, let's let me ask you: What to you makes a good slasher? What is it you look for when you're watching a slasher, or you're reading a slasher?
2: Mm. Uh, chase scenes, first of all. Like I've mentioned that before, but I think that's a staple. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, rooting for people. I think it's one of those yeah. things it's very formulaic and a way it's a kind of a horror comfort blanket um, but I <clears throat> modern times I really like it when they subvert tropes or subvert expectations because I would mm-hmm. say 70s 80s 90s you kind of knew okay the promiscuous ones gonna get decapitated <laughs> you know right. or the the jokes' gonna get decapitated or the, the gay comic relief will be but things have luckily changed um, so mm-hmm. subverting tropes I would say yeah that's a big one and kind of feeling comfortable. Yeah and cathartic by the end of it, knowing that you can inject your fear and that you, you're you in a safe space in the meantime? Well, so between you and I,
0: um, YA, given that I'm of a certain age now, is is not really a, uh, an area that I venture into too much because I've noticed, given that I'm approaching 50 now, that I, <laughs> I tend to identify more with the killers in a slasher now than I do with the teenagers, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> Mark, what about you, since you're approaching
1: that age? (laughs) (laughs) Such kindness here. Here's the thing with Slashers, right? I I always feel like no matter what decade it is, um, they're just fodder for for a lot of it, right? They're just set up to be stereotypes, just to be killed off, right? And that's the formula. Mm -hmm. There's not an awful lot of building of characters, Um I know you say you know you, you want to see people that you like kind of survive and things like that for a lot of slashers i find this is just a, like a, a general um thing right i just feel they're just there to set up uh like kill scenes right so um hey how can jason kill this person there's not a lot of build up to it a lot like that character it's just about Hey, we'll have him doing a handstand and then he'll get his machete and, you know, cut him like down the middle.
0: Are you saying, wait, wait, Mark, are you saying you didn't appreciate the burrito scene in Friday the 13th?
1: Oh, those burritos. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think as a genre, uh, what you're doing, Alan, if you're writing the characters that have depth to them, is actually a step up. Um, I I think just as a general genre, a lot of them are just like throwaway. Mm -hmm.
2: I agree with you there, but that's one of the things I wanted to go against. And one of the things that I don't like, a lot of the times you have this kind of, um, how do you call it? Like a group of people that don't really get along, or there's not really deep ties or family ties. And I wanted to really write a group of people that lift each other up, that are there for each other. They are well educated; they're not dumb. Mm-hmm. You know, they all go to like a prestigious boarding school. They study different languages, different cultures, architecture. So I wanted to go against that kind of the dumb blonde who gets hacked off, and actually go like, hey, this this girl knows how to fend for herself, and she's there for yeah. other people too. So I right. love noticed that, stuff that so
0: far. That that one hundred percent comes through in just the initial, uh, the, the prologue. I mean, I don't know how to describe, it, but like the, the first kill scene, like it's mm-hmm. not your standard trope. It's not, you know, the girl run. She she gets all these creepy vibes. She does the very first thing you'd think: get out of the house, go somewhere where you think you're gonna be
2: safe. hmm I didn't so want to do it, the, Let's it, run upstairs and yeah.
0: <laughs> right. There there's not that long chase scene where you know they're do, they're making stupid choices. They they do try to. To make the best choices for their situation, which I appreciate, I do.
1: And it's almost like whenever you think about subverting characters, um, it, it brings me back to like *Cabin in the Woods*, oh, where they're all kind of smart characters at the at the beginning, but they have to kind of gas them to make them these stereotypes. Yeah. Which,
2: one girl was turned into a blonde just to right, make her right. dumber, right? In that film, I love that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was some something put in her hair dye, she would be yeah, or yeah. Yes.
1: And then Chris Helmsworth goes to like full jock sort of like guy <laughs> and yeah. So so I, I I like I am not a huge slasher fan, so I like things that are a little different. Um like Jim, you're a big fan of say like Friday the thirteenth, right? Yep. Yeah. So, can you name any of the characters from Friday the 13th, the first one?
0: The first one? Yeah. uh, Oh, God. Uh, Chris Christie is the guy that's reopening the camp.
1: No, the Uh, character.
0: Yeah, his name is Chris
1: Christie. Oh, is it?
0: That is is the gentleman that's opening the camp, yes. Uh, Oh, holy crap. Um, Then you have Alice, who is the final girl. You have Pamela Voorhees, who turns out to be The Killer, which I'm not spoiling it, because that's a 70s movie, so <laughs> so an early 80s movie. Um, oh,
1: crap. That, so, that's all I can
0: think of off the top of my head. So, so, yes, I can.
1: So, my point is, you can, like, after trying to think for a little bit, come up uh-huh. with some of the character names. Yes. But if I said to you, hey, can you name the characters in, like, The Exorcist, I think it would be much easier to do, because they're more memorable characters. Well, right.
0: you also have to think, too, Friday the 13th is not my favorite slasher franchise, so had you asked about my favorite flash, sh- slasher franchise, I would 100% be naming people off left and right.
1: What so, like, you? Nightmare on Elm Street 5, name the characters.
0: Uh, you have Dan, Alice, Yvonne, um, I forget, the Gretchen, uh, who else? Uh, off the top of my head, that's all I got. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So see, my, my, it's much I easier think,
0: given given the franchise.
1: My my main point is that they they just always seem like <clears throat> like I said kind of fodder, right? So mm-hmm. I think to have more interesting characters would make for a more memorable book or movie or anything like so, that. In right, this and,
0: and I will I will give you in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise those characters are 100 there to be killed. Yeah, I I am not saying that. Nightmare on Elm Street is a smarter franchise because it gets pretty ridiculous. However, the storylines and the kills get so much more involved that you actually get invested in the characters. So I, I get I remember more from the Nightmare on Elm Street series.
2: Right. I think about some Final Girls too. Everyone knows Laurie Strode. You could say Mm -hmm. what you want about the father characters, but everyone's been rooting for Jamie Lee Curtis in the the last trilogy. A lot of people know who Sidney Prescott is or who Gil Weathers is, for example. So the more recent ones, I think, do have more depth to them. If you see the story arc of Sidney Prescott over five films, very different to Friday the 13th. Agreed.
0: Agreed. And that's one of the reasons that the Scream series, no matter how ridiculous most people think it is, they're smart enough that I still get excited when I see them. Because mm-hmm. they, yes, mm-hmm. they make they ultimately wind up making bad choices and dying, but it's not through it, it, it. Legitimately, is mostly circumstance. You know, they they make the wrong choice in the moment. They're not intentionally making the wrong choice, and that's evident from the first film where Sidney Prescott's being chased, and she blockades her door with her closet door, which they make a point of showing you she already knows how to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and she even says and, in the first phone call, right? I don't want to be the person who runs. Upstairs when yeah. I should be going out the front door. So that, right. the meta, meta level of the 90s is there at
1: least. So yep. um, Alan, you spoke a lot about um, how you kind of like that, that, that 90s um, and post 90s slasher because <clears throat> they are generally a little bit more sophisticated. Do you mm-hmm. do you have any um, like older movie which you would kind of like hold up and say, okay, it could be the original Halloween or Peeping Tom or Psycho mm-hmm. or, or, or any other Kind of older movies where you kind of take some, uh, you know, some of the points Mm -hmm. from what you want to put in your books.
2: Uh, Suspiria, I loved. Even aesthetically, that one was just beautiful to look at, I think, even Uh, seeing how old it is. Uh, The original Black Christmas, the Canadian mm -hmm. one that a lot of people say is actually one of the proto slashers. Well, I guess Peeping Tom's the first one. Um, So those ones. Black Christmas was really, I think, very, very similar to Halloween, but it doesn't get the same rep just because it was not as – it's a bit of an underdog, isn't it, that one? It,
1: yeah. it, it almost feels more of a giallo mm-hmm. um, with kind of, you know, just what the character does it, and it's more of that murder mystery compared to Halloween, which is more of like what you would say is a standard American slasher.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah that's something i wanted to go not against because i love that concept but there's been so many slashes in midwestern uh, right. america or on summer camps so i thought it would yeah. be really cool to put it in a european setting where there is a different uh, yeah culture different languages and in a mm-hmm. yeah in a city too in the capital of the eu because there's not many slashes in big cities when yeah. scream 6 came out set in new york i was like oh crap because i was writing <laughs> mine before that came out right <laughs> it's like they beat me to it <laughs> but uh yeah, because you don't really see that very often, do you? A lot of times it's sleepy little towns where yep. the neighbors know each other. and
1: it, it, What I kind of found, like whenever you're looking at uh, American movies set in like Europe, you tend to get like hostile, where it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the fear of the foreigners, right? Um, oh, think, we are scary. Uh, well, I oh, know I'm from there. I,
0: I don't know. I think Americans might be a little bit scarier. <laughs> uh,
1: agree to disagree right <laughs> <laughs> um, so Alan, how many books have you written at this point sorry I'm oh. I, I right up
2: on you yeah no worries so my, this is actually my debut that's been released like a month and a half ago now the first draft of the sequel will be out well quite soon I think January February and then the last part of the trilogy will be somewhere mid next year uh, and then I got some ideas for other books already but I don't want to that's under <laughs> under under some Belgian wraps right now, but yeah, this is my debut actually. So things okay. have kind of awesome. started shifting and moving quickly, and really grateful for people reaching out. So thanks, guys.
0: What is what is the reception you're getting so far um, from the public?
2: Really positive, and I'm not saying that in a big-headed way because I'm honestly shocked every time I get a good review. There's definitely more people than I thought would have read it. Um, uh, yeah, I think I've got like 4.2 out of five or something on Goodreads on average. And I remember when the first review came in, I was like, oh shit, I'm going to get like a one star. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> and then the second came in, or maybe two stars this time. But generally speaking, really good. Um, people on social media have been very proactive doing giveaways, reposting things, making collages. And mm. I didn't see any of that happening, to be honest. I just thought I'm a, from a tiny little country. No one's going to really pick it up. And it's been mostly Americans. I would say 80 or 90% of the readership mm. has been... Americans and not young adults, which was also because I've written young adult slasher, but I think it's mostly adults reading it because they kind of have that nostalgia, too, that I have, I guess.
0: Well, there's there's a funny story, too, about the way you coming on this podcast came about. Right. We we are in one of the same Facebook groups and we started talking there. (laughs) Right. But it turns out that I'd I'd already knew about this book because I was following you on TikTok. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So I, I was already well aware of the book. I just hadn't read it yet. Mm-hmm. so that that was uh
2: that was sort of uh
0: that was exciting for me
2: <laughs> yeah and also yeah names right because i guess you saw my real name on facebook then i saw i did you <laughs> you're like hold on this is the same
1: person yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> so, yeah uh, that's cool though are you going to stick with like the young adult audience are you going to maybe in the future move away from that or is there a reason why you went for that audience the reason
2: why I went for the audience is, I guess, because a lot of 90 slashes are. If you think of the demographic, mm-hmm. originally at the time, it mm-hmm. was made for teenagers coming together in a cinema, having a good time, getting drunk after or before. Um, it's still a very demographic, a very big demographic. Sorry, mm-hmm. in general, when it comes to horror audience and the cinematic experience. Right. So I, mm-hmm. um, that would be why, and also because it's low on the low on the smut in the first one. -hmm. It's more focused on actual friendship because I think it's an important one to explore. That you don't have a lot in slashers, Mm -hmm. like I said before. Right. Uh, And it's definitely gory, but I wouldn't say it's over. It's not extreme horror. No, not at all. uh, There is blood and everything in there, but I think it's more about the tension and the chase rather than. I I would say the sequel is definitely gorier. Not going to lie, but we'll see. I'm okay with that. Gore doesn't bother me. I've. Go ahead,
1: Mark. Sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Me and, me and Jim were just talking before you joined as far as um, how cultures have changed uh, and what was uh, deemed appropriate for, like, teenagers or kids uh, back in the 80s compared to now. Um, and, you know, we're talking about, uh, like, Clash of the Titans, the, the the classic kind of sci-fi thing. And, um, you know, there's there's naked breasts at the start of it, and it's PG-rated. <laughs> it's like you would not get away with that now. No. Uh, but but saying that, um, how is it uh, as far as Belgium? Because every country is a little bit different, right? So in the U.S., they've got some hang-ups. In the U.K., they had some hang-ups. But whenever I grew up, I grew up with the, the national newspaper, which everybody read, having <laughs> a topless woman on, on page three. And that was a big thing for like Gosh. a decade. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like there was no strip clubs or anything like that. That was deemed like too far. It's it's bizarre. <laughs> so I'm just wondering, uh, so locally for you, um, you know, how do you see that as far as cultury, culturally um, mm. different? That's a good question. I think generally speaking, Belgium is very
2: open sexually. For example, it was the second country in the world where gay marriage was legalized. Um, prostitution is legal here as well, so I live fairly close to the Red Light District. Um, oh, Jim it, it's... might be going over there then. Come on <laughs> over. <laughs> Other things like going to the sauna with my family when I was a kid it was not a big deal. We were very open with nudity. Mm-hmm. A lot of series or um, film in general have, has full, full frontal nudity for both men and women. So I uh, don't think we're as prude. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I don't think we're as prude as American culture in general. I think mm-hmm. it's a bit more open here. Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right.
0: There's uh, Americans are very picky about what they what they uh, want to rally against. <laughs> the some I, of the stupidest I, things. It's ridiculous.
1: I, I feel in the U.S. like you could eviscerate somebody on screen, but yeah. if you show some like a woman's nipple, oh, oh, oh no, that's too far. <laughs> you know, all, and, as far that, as
0: that's what, and that's what Mark and I were talking about when when I was a kid growing up in the 80s. One of the first slasher films I saw was the original Nightmare on Elm Street. And there was oh. we, we went to a, a horror movie convention this past weekend um, called Spooky Empire here in Orlando. And I met Amanda Vice, who plays Tina from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. And we were talking about how when I was a kid and I first saw the movie, there was only one scene in the film I was not allowed to watch. And that's when Tina and Rod were having sex in bed. I could but see all the gore I wanted. <laughs> yeah, when I could see all the gore I wanted, but no sex. Mm-hmm. If that's they're just mad. laying in bed naked, if they're laying in bed naked, it's not a problem. But if they're oh. engaging in sex, absolutely not.
1: Although Jim, c- come on now, you don't <sighs> no, want are, to. Bring, let's
0: not bring that up, you please. Don't bring it up,
1: right? So no, Alan, no, please don't. Uh, this has been a long, uh, uh, long thing on, on this podcast. So Jim and his mom. When Jim, how old were you?
0: It was somewhere between 9 and 11, something like
1: that. So, I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar with the movie The Entity.
2: No, I haven't watched that one.
1: Okay, so it's it's a movie from the early 80s with Barbara Hershey Mm -hmm. in it. And the premise of the movie, and apparently it's based on a true thing, it's not, um, is uh, a woman who gets repeatedly raped by an unseen poltergeist-type entity. Mm -hmm. So, Jim and his mom... You know, sat down as Jim is a nine year old and, you know, they were watching that together. But apparently the scene in uh, A Nightmare in Elm Street where they don't show anything was too much. So, Jim, can you uh, explain?
0: Please do. Uh, absolutely, because there is legitimately no sexual activity happening on screen. It's uh, kind of off. There was never screen, a rule that I could not. It's so, not. So, like, there's there's one scene where, where she is supposedly getting raped, and you can see, like, handprints happening on her skin.
1: She, she's fully and nude. And,
0: and that sort of thing. I just mentioned that nudity was fine. It was the actual intimate act that I was not allowed to see. But me being the age I was, it was not, oh, my God, she's being raped. It was, how are they making it look like there are hands on her? That is so cool. But Mark doesn't seem to understand that.
1: No, I don't.
2: I'll play neutral Switzerland here. <laughs> Typical <laughs>
0: European. Right. He 100% no opinion. He 100% <laughs> believes that I was too young, and it was yes. a different time in the 80s in, in the United States. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think that it was a problem, personally. Like, well, I had the left,
2: right?
1: Well, again, it's about a woman being raped. Whether, Jim, you understood that at the time or not, is kind of immaterial. It's like your mom just Why? said, okay... Why? What
0: yeah, do you mean? Why, why is that immaterial? So why, why is the fact that I was too? But because okay, let's put it this way then. You could then take, let's say, SpongeBob SquarePants, which has a ton of adult humor in it, and say that regardless, a child should not be watching it because there are there's subject matter that goes above their
1: head. So, so would you would you show like a Serbian film to like a five year old because they don't really understand what's going on in
0: it? A Serbian film has no redeeming qualities about it, so no, I would no, not. No, it's a great
1: it's a great movie, but I'm just saying it's, yes. It's if you're if you're a
0: 50 year old man, it might
1: be a great movie. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying it's highly inappropriate for a five year old to be watching. I agree. It, if yeah, they I don't agree. understand what's going on, well,
0: I'll, I'll agree. agree to disagree,
1: With, Mark. Which ones? Please help us.
2: <laughs> <laughs> is, I don't I don't know how, how I feel about that. Yeah, I was just thinking like imagine if you're a kid and you're watching Last House on the Left for example, that almost mm-hmm. pretty that one was, I was pretty not graphic. Al- I was not allowed to watch Last House on the Left until I was an adult. Yeah, cuz there you actually do see some of it, don't you in the original? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yep. And same thing with I Spit on Your Grave because there mm-hmm. were some graphic rape scenes. I was not allowed to watch it.
1: Mhm.
0: And it, I actually I still have never also seen allowed it.
1: Would to watch Ghost Rape if it was yes, the first that's all.
0: right. I could watch Ghost Strait because it wasn't physically happening. Correct. <laughs> yeah. But then you could say, Mark, then you could say that Poltergeist, where she's where her clothes are being ripped off, you know, in the in the final confrontation where she tries to save her kids, that shouldn't be shown. And it's a PG movie. Non-consensual.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Correct. Scratch so, his head.
0: <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> 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 so. Alan, I brought up some some since you're since you are writing in the slasher genre, I brought up some slasher films I wanted to talk about, if that's okay. Hell with. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Mark, you game? Because I know you're such a slasher fan.
2: No, no, You'll- no. no. By the end of this episode, Mark, you'll be a big slasher fan. And if not, at least read my book, and you'll see there can be depth in the genre.
1: So it's, so it's funny, because we did an episode on slashers, and, you know, my general thing is I don't really like slashers. But as we were talking about them, like, <laughs> should, I do like a lot of slashers.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there <Yes>. you go.
1: <laughs> There's a
2: lot of good so, tropes
1: in there,
0: I'll tell you. There are. Okay. I, I honestly have to say that I'm getting so tired of tropes it's it's obnoxious you and i you you and i alan had talked a bit bit about um representation right in the horror genre you don't see a whole lot of it Mm -hmm. um and this is sort of how mark and i got into interviewing authors is i i am also a fan of urban fantasy books right and you don't find a lot with um representation from the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. unless they're paranormal romance in which it just goes into graphic sex there's no redeeming quality about it um and i i started reading an author named david r slayton who did exactly what i wanted to see in urban fantasy it the the intimacy is still there the relationships are still there the complexity of of the characters is still there there's just no smut Mm -hmm. and that's that's what i like that's what i appreciate and it's the same thing with horror. You very rarely find a, a central gay character in a horror book that isn't some sort of trope, and, and it's ridiculous. There's, like, no redeeming qualities. The first one that I found so far um, is uh, Mark Allen Gunnels wrote Before He Wakes, and that has a, a gay protagonist who essentially... That's as much as you need to know about him. He, he talks about his... His whole reason for surviving is to get back to his partner. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like everything else is just a normal person trying to survive this book. So
2: it's fantastic. And that's the sort of representation I appreciate. What about you? Absolutely the same. And actually, in the first one, there is queer representation, mm-hmm. lesbian couple in the first one. The second yeah. one that I've written, and it's not, that's not a. Um, is um, an Aero ace character so aromantic asexual because mm-hmm. I've been talking to that community as well and they're severely underrepresented Yeah, um, there's a couple of I think in it's going faster in novels than it is in film because I think yes. hello um, Hollywood's always a couple of steps behind when it comes to these things and yep. um, What's the one called? Um, You're not supposed to die tonight Caelan Byron that one has um, I don't a know lesbian couple yet. as protagonists um, the pledge Caleb Dietrich mm-hmm. Uh, um, gay protagonist couple as well. Well, that's uh, like so Mark a... and
0: I were talking about cabin, A Knock at the Cabin
2: Door. Oh, yeah. Which oh, that's also great. has a gay couple.
0: I hated the book. I absolutely hated everything about the book. I thought it was boring. It focused too much on um, inflicted trauma with this gay couple. It was like very central to the story. I did not mind the movie, which is weird because <laughs> I don't normally like M. Night Shyamalan, but I thought he did a fantastic job adapting that
2: story. I agree. Yeah. And I think that was important for me, too, when having queer characters that don't necessarily have to go through trauma all the time. A lot of the representation when it comes to gay characters, which is really important, is about the coming out phase, all the struggles they go through. And it's important those stories exist. But I wanted some kind of lightness and campness in there Mm -hmm. and more like celebration of. And it's not about, oh, they they kind of just happen to be queer characters. It's not about that necessarily. But, you know. Yeah, that's not uh, their whole character.
1: I'm a straight guy no uh, on this podcast. I'm always a minority. Cancelled
2: by yeah.
1: So I'm being oppressed uh, for, on every part. No, so here's He's my tiny violin here. My guy, I'm the victim. Sorry, that 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 is the U.S. politics over here right now. I was gonna Um, say you're
0: very you're being very American right now, so shut up. No, no,
1: (laughs) but but, uh, I mean, my thing has always been write characters well, right? Um, whether they're black or Asian or um, gay or whatever, just make the characters good, right? And I feel Mm -hmm. that it always even like a knock at the cabin, right? Because they had that, oh, you know, he was beaten up by this guy because he was, like, gay and stuff. I almost want it just to be so normal that it doesn't stand out, right? So it should just be, and I understand there's different people that want to express different things about maybe the struggles of a minority. Um, And Mm -hmm. I get that. But I I just think, like, just in a general movie, like, whatever, um, you, you have different characters in there, but... It's not like they're not defined um, uh, by their sexuality or this or that. They're just an actual living person who you care about, right? Yeah.
0: So I'll give you I'll give you a for instance in a movie where it was done really well. And God forgive me for saying this, it is the Uh-oh. one good thing about Alien Covenant. There is a scene. Back
2: now.
0: There's a scene where um, you find out that the I think he's a pilot. Is, is driving the ship and his the person he's in love with, the the man he's in love with, dies. And you just see the grief on his face. They hadn't focused on anything except you hear one time he says, I love you, to the guy while they're talking on the radio. And then he has a bit of a breakdown when he knows that the guy's dead. I think that's perfect because it's not central to his...
1: Jim, you're on mute.
0: I know, I just I accidentally hit, hit my keyboard. Hand, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one with that power, unfortunately. But I just think that sort of representation is important because it wasn't central to his character. It was just a, a quick, oh yeah, it's there. That's part of who he is, but it's not central to the story. But it does affect him when the person he's in love with dies.
2: But I do wonder if that's because we have the the luxury of being okay and accepted for who we are, if that makes it sound a bit corny. But I mean, there might be people that have been kicked out or have gone through those struggles might want to see different kind of stories well, and it's absolutely fine too and I wonder if it's generational yeah. like I wonder like actual so, young adults 15 year olds would they want to see I don't know I'm not that age would they want to see the right. struggles or not you know
0: well and that's the thing like I I myself when I first came out which it was over 20 years ago I had issues at work I had issues with friends I, I went through all of that and it's not what I want to see anymore like, mm-hmm. it, it's just who I am. It's not, I, I've already been through the struggles. I just want to see somebody who resembles me, which I am just a human being that goes through my everyday life. I just happen to have a male partner. That's
1: it. I, I, I'll i give you a little bit of a um, perspective as far as generationally, right? So my stepdaughter is 17, and she's very into, um, so that's probably the wrong way to frame it. Um, She has a (laughs) lot of friends who use different pronouns,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and she's very vocal. Like, um, if we say, is she coming around, he coming around, whatever. Uh, Oh, no, it's, you know, it's the wrong pronoun. I'm like, we're not doing it on purpose. (laughs) Like, we've probably forgotten because we got a bunch of friends. Um, But, you know, from that generation, they're they're very uh, active. Right, and i think social media plays you know a big role in it and everything else so i think as we go along um I, you know certainly look at how being gay in the 1970s is compared to now right and i think we're we're we're, we're slowly marching towards just a general acceptance of you know, if somebody's gay or if somebody has a different pronoun, or if, like trans is the big wedge issue in the US right now. It used to be gay marriage, now it's trans people. Uh, um, but but I think, you know, as older generations start dying off, we're going to have, you know, more and more ways of the younger generation moving everyone hopefully along um, that we can also value in each other, right? No matter black, white, gay, trans, whatever, right? Everybody should have a right to live a full life and be happy.
2: Yeah, so, obviously so, I agree, but I'm – sorry, sorry, Jim. No, uh, go ahead. I, go ahead. I oh, just no. wanted to just... say that I'm a bit wary of that. I'd, I'd like to think that's the case, but I do believe that there's mm-hmm. pendulum swings politically, and at the yes. moment, in Europe – I can only speak for Europe – it's more like tending towards the rights, and there are a lot more people that are accepting, but there's also more like hardliners – who are against, whereas it seemed a little bit more vague do, um, in the 90s and to me. Do,
1: do, do Martin, you find that, Martin, sorry, I have a follow-up question, Jim. Sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Um, Alan, do you find that as just like, because I, I think there has been generally a, a swing to the right globally, um, but do you see that as something which is just like within the culture and it's just like maybe older people driving that? Or do you see like a you know more of the youth turning towards the right?
2: Youth as well, for sure, and that's kind of the scary part for me. Like even some of my, because I'm a teacher as well, and some of generally speaking, my students are very open and very you know accepting and all right. that. But there have been some cases where you know not the easiest thing if you're an openly gay teacher, and um, people have just become more vocal in general with anything mm-hmm. because uh, largely because of social media, all of a sudden everyone's an expert at everything. <laughs> I kind of thought <laughs> yeah. that with the, with the pandemic, all of all of a sudden, all of us are doctors, right? Uh, right. So uh, it kind of goes into that a little bit too. That I feel like everyone's very, very opinionated on everything.
1: Because um, right. uh, although I, I left the UK 20 years ago, I you know, still so, you know kind of keep an eye on it over there, and I know it's like a, it, they did like a mini U.S. thing with Trump and Boris Johnson and all that, which are just like these. People that don't really care about science—they're all demagogues, right? They—they just yeah, want to yeah. rile people up. And immigrants are scary, and this is scary, and that's scary, blah blah blah. blah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so it's down
1: interesting down. to hear from you know from your your perspective that that's going on there.
0: Even in the U.S., though, we we saw this in the '80s with Tipper Gore. Um, we saw this, you know, with the book banning. We saw this with the the AIDS epidemic when it first started. We saw all of this same behavior, so it is cyclical. I just hope that at some point we can get over this and break the cycle.
1: I, I don't think we will.
0: I don't think we will either because it's human nature to keep repeating everything because we, at some point, just want to forget. But anyway, enough about politics. Let's talk yeah. about yeah, right? anyway, I'm
1: <laughs> sorry. About let, 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 me, let me let mon chant on for a second.
2: Bye, Luna. More French. Wow. Maybe we miss you
0: I feel so uncultured <laughs> I'll teach you
2: okay you're like okay sure <laughs> oh. oh
0: excuse me Mine's sleeping behind me here okay oh, I, I have a gate up so mine are in the kit in the living room sleeping ah, okay.
2: <laughs> clever yeah
0: we have we have uh, Actually, one Pekinese left, a shih tzu, and two piece of shits.
2: They're Pekingese and shih tzu mix. <laughs> I was going to say what now? <laughs> oh, that's cute. Is that like a horror thing? I've already wondered because I've been talking to a lot of people within the horror genre, also authors, and everyone's mm-hmm. got a dog. I was doing yeah. a live with two other slasher authors, and all of us were, okay, where's our dog? Make, make sure they're quiet. Is that I like a, a horror I didn't get a chance thing? to watch that. I saw you
0: post about that, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. I felt bad.
2: It did- yeah, it didn't go well because the live TikTok didn't work, but we will do oh. um, a live Instagram soon with two other slasher authors uh, called Slasher Deep Dive, where we go into okay. the psychology behind slashers. So that hopefully oh, should okay. be interesting.
0: You'll have to send me the link for that because that, that
2: definitely sounds interesting. I, I hardly ever use Instagram, to be honest. Yeah, same, but apparently on TikTok, you could only go live if everyone has a certain amount of followers. Yeah, uh, you yeah, have to have over a thousand followers, I think. Yeah, and there was one of us that didn't have that, but we didn't know that, so I felt a bit, you know, I was a bit like, ooh, what do we do? So yeah. let's just do it on Instagram next time. Right.
0: Okay, Mark, Mark, you ready? We. Oui. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's go through the 10 best foreign slashers um, as chronicled by Film School Rejects.
2: Okay. Okay, so I'm n- curious now. There better be a Belgian <laughs> in there i going to... So, I no, will it's say it's this.
0: It. I I did take a quick peek, and you actually have mentioned one of these films to me already. So, I, I have a feeling you might, you might like this one. And Mark has seen a lot more foreign films than I have. So, if you haven't, I will actually read the synopsis, and then we can make a list so we can go through these at another time, Mark. Okay. Okay. So, number 10 is oh, – hold on. is mm. Cold Prey 2.
1: Mm. Ah, Fritz Fritz. Mads Mikkelsen, right? He's a man. No, he's not. He's in. Uh, what? Well, oh, he's in the Pusher movies. Never mind. Yeah.
2: I told you before. I think that's my favorite uh, Scandinavian trilogy called Fritt yes. It's called. I forgot. It's Norwegian or Swedish, but uh, Norway. One. Norway. Yep. Okay. It is. It, that's according to this. I I couldn't say for certain because I don't know,
0: but it says Norway. It attributes it attributes it to Norway. So this actually, I'm I'm excited to to. To watch it because it specifically it does this the first two in this trilogy apparently mark from what I read um, it it takes the Halloween approach for Halloween one and yeah. Halloween two where <coughs> part two takes place immediately after the first one
1: yeah, yeah. I, I'm familiar with the series but I haven't seen them I've heard them talked about
0: no number final nine go in there.
1: sorry
0: <laughs> is it that's no, okay yeah uh, so number nine is the movie I know that you mentioned to me Alan. Before. It's from 2014. It's called Cub. A
2: Belgium represent. Yes. It's a right. Belgian slasher, one of our only ones. Yeah. yeah. And it's and creepy because it, there's actually kids in there getting killed, which doesn't happen very often in slashers. Right. And it, it
0: sounds really bad. interesting
2: from what I read. What'd you say, Mark?
1: There should be more kids killed in uh, horror movies. I agree. Me too. That's agree. dark, but I agree. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all fictional.
0: Isn't it? But don't. <laughs> but it don't
1: Animals, but killing kids. Okay, whatever. There we go. Don't touch my dog.
0: We can always make more kids, right? (laughs) So, is there anything you want us to know about this this particular um, slasher film?
2: Cub was made, was filmed in the south of Belgium. There's a very large, massive, like, foresty area. Uh, It was about Mm -hmm. the. Do you have scouts in America? Yeah, you have Boy Scouts, Mm -hmm. don't you? It's mm-hmm. about the idea of scouts going to one of those camps that most of us have gone to as kids. Yeah. And what I remember because it's, it's been a couple of years now. It's about a scouts camp that is kind of lost in the forest. And I don't want to give away too much, but The, the Killer – how much spoiler should I say or not you could, say? You're not going to bother any
0: of us by giving a spoiler from a movie that's you know, almost 10 years old. So you're
2: fine. I'm almost 10 years old. Oh, 2014, yeah? I thought it was two years ago. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh boy, that hurt my soul a little bit. <laughs> uh, no, what I like about it is that the killer's a, a kid, a slash. Oh, okay. So, so the slasher is a, a kid, um, and very very brutal. It's quite dark and not as kind of campy. A bit gritty, kind of felt a little bit Texas Chainsaw, but yeah. done in a with a Belgian setting. So I really like that one.
0: Yeah, I'll have to check that one out. So number eight comes to us from Mexico. And, Mark, it comes from your favorite decade, 1989.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so it is called Grave Robbers. Anybody
2: familiar? I have heard. What What is your – sorry to be that knobhead, but what's the original title? It I, I, I don't – it doesn't show me. It just says Grave Robbers. Okay.
1: Uh, no, <laughs> I think I have. Uh,
0: no, I haven't heard. So that. I'll read you the synopsis, and then maybe it'll it'll help. A group of young grave robbers accidentally awaken an ancient satanic killer when they rob their own grave, in yeah. one of the more appropriate names for Foreign slashers, Rave robbers.
1: I, I think it's. Call, Sorry, What's go that? ahead. No, I, no, it's I, okay. Th- I think it's there's something. Is uh, it named something else? There, there was some like movie on like Shudder or something, which sounded like this one. But
2: They're good for I those think. type of slashers. Shudder.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Just keep on going. Sorry. Uh, okay. Looking so, up. Um,
0: after stretching his legs with a few killings, the now awakened Satanist sets out to bring the end of times by finding a virgin and impregnating her with the seed of the Antichrist. Ruben Galindo yep. Junior <laughs> Right. <laughs> Ruben Galindo Junior's Mexican slasher is a splatter treat with hands bursting from chests, multiple axe shots to the face, a grisly decapitation, and perhaps the author's favorite depiction of a a hand being chopped off. How many different ways can you do that?
2: I don't know, poetically. I guess, maybe. Okay, no, I haven't anyway. watched that one, but it sounds intriguing. A bit more splatter-punky, than.
0: Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems a little more splatter, but I, I think I would enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Mark, what do you think? Sound intriguing?
1: Um, What year did you say? 89. So there's one called Cemetery of Terror, which is 1985. I'm not sure if that's, like, referencing the same one. Anyway, I haven't seen it. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> number seven comes to us from Italy. It's
0: also from 1980s, from the 80s. It's 1987. Stage fright.
1: Oh, oh yes. yes. Great. Um, Michelle Suave? Is that?
2: Yep. I, yeah. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how it's spelled.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so I have not one, seen this that. One yet. Was a remake of that one an American one recently? Stage frights. Because is it the musical? It's very one? possible. Uh, because it's a slasher that's say, also a musical like a Galio oh
1: yeah 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 yeah, yeah so it's it right, it's kind of it. like they're they're doing like a stage yeah. play or something
2: with this kind of massive owl mask yeah that was a really good re- actually a really fun campy remake of that turned into a musical an American one Recent, well, mm-hmm. I'm saying recently it was probably 10 years old again but uh <laughs> <laughs> it's okay it, it gets worse
0: the older you get Alan so just bear with it it, it gets so much worse great <laughs> um so next we have 2016 this movie's coming from finland it's lake bodum
2: oh yeah i watched it a couple of weeks ago also really good did you yeah. is it i haven't seen it yet so dark
1: i've heard of it. I've seen it
0: it says it's definitely among the country's best the first horror film would be 1952's the white reindeer that one. And a group of friends head to a campsite that saw a quadruple killing over a half century prior, a killing that has never been solved. But while they're hoping to find the truth, it might just come at the cost of their own lives.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, and it's inspired by the unsolved, the real-life unsolved homicide of three teens camping on the lake shore in 1960.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I guess that's where they start the movie, and then they make up the rest. But yep. it sounds interesting. Like it sounds like something I'd really mm-hmm. enjoy. So I'm gonna flip that one up.
2: Mm-hmm. How much... So um, next we go to... Yes. Just a question go for ahead. both of you when it comes to slashes. How much gore do you usually enjoy? Is it the more the better or do you are you more... I don't know.
0: Chasing. For me... So for me, it depends on the movie. hmm If it's campy, the more gore the better. Mm-hmm. If, if it's a, a, a serious, like, slasher flick that's trying to... to be sophisticated, I'm more about the chase.
2: hmm I
1: love, I love me some gore. Yeah. Mark the gore so, horse. Yeah, yeah. I, I like some of the more extreme cinema than, than Jim Dawes. So, so Terrifier yeah, Slasher. Uh, well, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I have problems with that movie and the sequel. I, I do like the gore.
0: Mm-hmm. I will say the, the series Slasher is actually probably one of my favorites because it's so ridiculous.
2: Oh, the Canadian uh, series. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Did you see the newest one, uh, Slasher Ripper? It's on Shudder. I don't know. Is that also from the same
0: kind of yep. same creators yep. and? Oh, okay, not have yeah, watched that yet. the first three. It, there's two seasons on Shudder. The first three are not on Shudder. Okay. But the the following two
2: seasons
1: are. So Alan, um, what do you prefer? Okay.
2: I um, kind of the, the same with the sophisticated and it doesn't need to have. For me, gore isn't scary, and I like to be scared you know right. when you actually see someone being ripped apart i don't go ah i'm kind of okay with seeing blood and whatnot i'm properly scared when there's like a little shadow in the back and you see them approaching rather than i uh, have the same with any kind of um paranormal or haunted film i like it when they don't actually show the monster too much sometimes in Act 3 it goes so in your face that i'm not scared anymore
1: <laughs> you know i, uh, I I'm, all, I'm a little jealous like I, i'd probably desensitized like I don't feel like I've been scared by a movie since I was probably like 12, but I, I I'm, I'm, I'm just one of those very uh, pragmatic sort of people. And I just look at it and it's a movie and it's like, it doesn't like, like, I don't think something's scary because it's on a TV. Right. Uh, but I'm kind of jealous that people still have that because I would love to have that experience. And I love horror movies. Um, I, I always say, if I want to be like properly scared, I'll, watch the news or <laughs> watch a documentary or read up a history or something like that. Oof, That's, yeah. scary. That's, That's scary. That's
2: scary. Actually, I actually haven't <laughs> watched the ter- terrifier because not because I'm scared of watching it, but I'm scared of it turning me off of extreme horror. Cause I heard yes. it has some really extreme, but it's become so big that I'm kind of like, should I watch it or not? But I haven't gotten to it yet. So it, um, first I will tell you my thoughts on the first movie. The most of
0: the acting is horrible. Mm hmm. Um, the storyline is pretty garbage. Um, the practical effects are fun, and Art the Clown is an amazing character. And the actor that plays him looks like he's really having a blast.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they don't make any sense like n- narratively. i I think it's just set up to say, hey, we've got this interesting character who's kind of funny looking and uh, and I agree I, I like the actor and and what he does in it. But these are very, very much fodder <laughs> slasher movies where it's just like we're just going to have this unknown character just wander around and kind of like brutally murder some people, um, right. which is you – know, it is what it is.
2: It's a shame in a way because if it would be like brutal and so so gory, at least if it's someone you care about, then it would have way more of an emotional impact, right. wouldn't it? But, right, yeah. uh, right. Sorry, about you were going down the list and I kind of no, said that's you okay. Sorry
0: Because Mar- Mark and I actually have had this conversation many times where I think if you care about the characters, uh, a very, quote unquote, tame death scene can be pretty brutal.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it doesn't have to be all about the blood, the guts and the pain. Just yeah. seeing a character that you actually care about die. Can be
2: pre- considered pretty brutal in my opinion. Yeah. Think of my pen name, Ellen Shivers, comes from Helen Shivers. That was yes. the absolute worst death in all of slasher history for me, and I sometimes still even pause. So I know what you did last summer, right, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Miss mm-hmm. Buffy. You don't actually see. You don't see much blood. She's like slashed right. between the tires at the end, but I'm like, yep. don't look back, keep going. You've been doing so well the entire time. And sometimes you know I stop the film there even because I'm like, no, no, she made it through. It's fine.
0: <laughs> my favorite <laughs> piece was- of trivia. My favorite piece of trivia from that film is she used she was getting berated by the director because she kept fighting back, and the director kept telling her, Helen can't fight back. Buffy can, but Helen can't. <laughs> Sarah I, can't, I,
1: too. I, yeah. I almost think like the most effective, um, like when we're talking about gore or, or kills or anything, are the ones that are more relatable, right? Um, so, it, it, you know, you see somebody getting their head cut off with a machete and like, Mm, don't really, don't really know what that would be like. But saying the thing, right? Probably the most like um, effective, like beautiful, beautiful monsters and everything else that they did. But just the part where they're cutting their their thumbs with the scalpel. That's oh, the part right. I go like, ooh, that hurts.
2: <laughs> like the cheese grater, is- the,
1: the Evil Dead one,
2: right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh. So, so I know, my.
0: My, the most brutal scene,
2: the, the worst
0: death in the thing for me was the guy who got his arm bitten off by the stomach.
1: But again, to me, that's not real. So, he, so I'll give you another example. I brought up The Exorcist before. Yes. So I think the most brutal section in that movie mm-hmm. <clears throat> is where she's in hospital and they're doing like yes. the spinal tap and all that sort of thing because yes. it's relatable. Yep. And it's like, well, that could be you or me. And that's yep. scary. Agreed.
0: Yeah, and that's not scene. even talk about the serial killer that's in those scenes, right, Mark? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> a gay serial killer was in that. Was in that, those hospital scenes. He was one of the orderlies. Yeah. Really? Yeah. In real yeah. life, one of the one of the extras that was an orderly turned out to be a serial killer of gay men.
1: And and William Friedkin made the movie Cruising with Al Pacino based on him, and he interviewed yep. him in jail.
2: Oh, I did. Yep. I, whoa, I didn't know that connection. Okay, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> I'm learning so much from these two gentlemen here. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know a lot of trivia.
2: That's right.
0: So okay, back onto the list. Number five comes from France, and Mark and I have talked about this movie ad nauseum.
2: It's oh, high tension. Let me guess. Ah, that, I was going to say tension. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Good one. I, I did, did you see the enjoyed twist the movie. Coming?
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, I did not like the twist at all. Yeah, Mark. I thought it ruined the movie.
2: It upset me, too, because everything else was really good. Like, the build-up mm-hmm. to everything else. Yeah.
1: So, have you seen um, Intensity?
2: Yep. Is it uh, an American one, or...? Yeah,
1: so yeah. The, it was made-for-TV uh, movie uh, based on a Dean R. Kuntz novel. Mm-hmm. And High oh. Tension Tenshaw, uh, basically stole most of that book-slash-movie. Yep. Uh, but they ramped up the gore, and I, I like Alexandra Acha. So, um, but I, I didn't like that twist. But if you can find that movie or read the book, uh, yeah. you'll see it's very similar.
0: <laughs> yeah, the book was oh, okay. fantastic, and he's right. It, there's a lot of similarities through that entire book.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, even down to the camper, it's it's pretty pretty close to it. Okay, so number four is. A 2006 movie from Norway.
2: Do you want to take a guess, Alan? Fritfild? Yes. Cold Prey. Yep. The original Cold Prey. That's my number. That's in my top five of all time slashers. Yeah. The way yes. that's. I set think you up, mentioned
0: that one also. I haven't seen it yet though.
2: Yeah, it's just you actually care for the characters. There's a lot of humor, but in yep. a way that's not too uh, very like relatable humor. You kind of see the dialogue feels very natural. Um, yeah. And even like the first kill, I was properly like. I don't know, I got very hooked on that one. And you really don't want the characters to go. Uh yeah, I wish that one would have been a bit more known outside of Europe because it's Yeah. I think it's it's worth um Black Christmas status, let's put it that way for me.
1: But before I forget, I think there is another movie, I think it's from Belgium, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love. And it's called The Treatment.
2: Do you know? Is it French-speaking, Flemish-speaking, German? It,
1: speaking? It, it's, it's. I think it's from Belgium, so it's based on a uh, book from a female author from Ireland, oddly enough.
2: Let me get my phone out. Oh, I'm curious now. It's
1: right. Uh, it's from
2: 2014.
1: Yeah.
2: And uh, what was the name again? Sorry.
1: Treatment. The treatment. The treatment.
2: The Treatment... Ina Gertz and Gert van Rumpelberg Dava handling yeah sorry it's just completely different name yeah 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 um, that's Flemish yeah it's from my region and I haven't watched oh, it
1: okay. you should watch it it's Ooh. it's like a, it's kind of like a hard-boiled detective movie but it involves um, like child kidnap etc so it's kind of on the darker side of things. That's but nice. yeah, watch it and uh, let me know if you like it. Yeah, I'm watching oh, the well. cast, I, I know. Them. I, I just randomly came across it at one no, point. But thanks.
0: Hey. You want to thanks. talk about hardboiled detective stuff, Mark? There mm-hmm? is a series of books that takes place in Ireland. I don't know if you – are you a fan of Tana French? Is that a question to me or to Mark? No, 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 to Mark, actually. Oh, okay. For who? Tana French is the author's name.
1: I have no idea who that is.
0: Okay, so she writes she writes mysteries, um, like detective murder murder mysteries. You you should look her up. They're, the Dublin Murders series is fantastic. They they tried to bastardize it into an American TV show on Stars, and it was terrible mm. because they combined three books into one season. Right. But the, the books are fantastic.
1: I will have to look into it.
0: Okay, so on to number three. We're going to Austria this time from 2017.
2: Can you I want guess? To take a guess? Yeah? that in three days. No. Oh uh, yeah. is it a slasher or a horror? It's a slasher. It says it's a slasher. I haven't read it. Austrian Anatomy. No. Crap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Austrians
2: good with their slashers, that's why. Yeah. No tell me. It, it's called Cold Hell. The bug? Cold Hell. Hell or Hill. Yeah. Hell. H E L L. Yeah. Must have a different name, maybe I know it. That's the thing Maybe the it, it's English entirely possible. Cold so hell. let's
0: see. Um, it's a simple but brilliant setup, and the result is an exhilarating ride. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce this, so forgive me. It's Osga, O Z G E. Is wait, an wait, immigrant again? in Vienna. Osga, O Z G E. Yeah. Um, is an is an immigrant in Vienna who witnesses a serial killer's latest kill, sees the police to be useless, and decides to take the bastard down herself.
1: So uh, speaking about Austria and Slashers, is angst on this list?
0: Um, actually, it's the next one we're going to talk about, yes.
2: <laughs> <Ooh>. And speaking <laughs> of Austria, there's one of my characters is Austrian. Ah. In the novel too. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, slide in some publicity yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth, right? Right. <laughs> so Mark, tell us, tell us about this movie.
1: So, Angst is, like, a serial killer uh, movie, which I've heard about before, and it was, like, it was supposed to be really, like, disturbing and everything else. Uh, when I watched it, some of it's pretty funny. Like, he's killed this, like, he's, like, tying up this family and, like, killing some of them or whatever. But they have, like, this little dog, <laughs> and the dog just, like, follows them around everywhere. <laughs> The most disgusting part of that movie is, like, he's re- he at the start, he's, like, been in jail, and he goes to, like, this restaurant, and he, like, orders, like, this sausage. And the way he eats a sausage is just disgusting. <laughs> I <Alex> for you. <laughs> no, it's not even that. It's just the way that they shoot it. It just looks gross.
0: <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read you, they call this a quote-unquote fun fact. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And then I'm going to read you a little bit about what they say about the film. So, fun fact, angst did not secure American distribution until 2015. Ooh. Apparently, it's unsettling and immoral to make a movie about a guy who really wants to kill and fuck as many people as possible, preferably in that order.
2: American Psycho, anyone? It, right? it is, it,
1: <laughs> and again, maybe I'm desensitized, but it, it wasn't that bad. Like,
2: it was from the 80s, though, right? So a bit, Yeah. yeah. 83. It, yeah,
1: it's, it's got that early or it's kind of mid or early 80s European aesthetic to it, so it's all mm-hmm. grimy and I <laughs> agree. Like, yep. yeah.
0: It says it's improb- improbably lodged at the intersection of slapstick comedy and snuff film.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I think That's it's more I think it's more funny than disturbing, but again, I'm. I'm so desensitized probably at this
2: point.
1: Yeah, So it's based on a real serial
2: killer, Werner Kniesek, from Vienna. I, I, oh, chicken here as holy well. Holy so shit!
1: Makes... So what is that movie? Oh, fuck! It's based on a real life thing. It's a German movie. Now that movie was disgusting. Um, Golden. The oh fuck. Okay. Sorry, go on. I'm gonna look it up, but but this one okay, really no. is like a the Golden oh. Glove. Golden Glove. Have you seen Golden Glove? No. Uh, oh my God. That so one is recommendations great.
2: Recommendations today. Yeah. Do you guys Do you guys want a, ner- a nerdy language fact? By the way, angst. Mm-hmm. Angst comes from angst, which is the title in German. It's one of those imported words when people came over to the states, and it means fear. But, you know, angst means fear, obviously, right? But it comes yeah. from the original German word, angst, being the title of the film. So it's ah. the same word in German as angst. That's cool. Geek alert. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. No. I do apologize. That's okay.
1: okay. Don't, you don't we'll have stop. to apologize
0: for being yourself.
1: You can speak so, like, 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 out as
2: hard as you want. Trust me.
1: German and English are very close, right?
2: It used to be the same language and Flemish. We all came from the same prototypical Germanic language,
1: so... The Anglo-Saxon type. Yes, indeed. Tim, any thoughts about languages?
0: No, I speak one very yeah. fluently, though.
1: <laughs> Which one? Not English.
0: English. <laughs> American. American. <laughs> American. <laughs> so, anybody want to take a guess on number one? I will tell you it's from 2010, and it's from Hong Kong.
2: Oh, oh, oh a slasher from Hong Kong. Ooh, didn't really know they have.
1: So it's not going to be my number one Hong Kong slasher, whatever it is. I'm um, thinking. 2010. 2010 Hong Kong slasher. No, I don't know. Uh, Jim.
0: It is called Dream Home.
1: Dream oh, home. so that, so that's a category three movie, but like they've missed out on like the untold story or the Ebola syndrome with the wonderful Anthony Wong. Um as the lead. Now those are great slasher exploitation type Hong Kong.
0: This this sounds more like a revenge film than it does a slasher to me. Mm So I'll read you the the, I'll read you the synopsis, right? It's Josie Ho plays a young woman who's been working her ass off for years in the hopes of buying her first home. A condo to be shared with her long suffering parents. But when she's screwed over by greedy assholes, she slips and does what any of us would do. She starts slaughtering anyone she finds in the building.
1: Yeah, Especially she now. like, yeah, like she kills some person by putting like a plastic bag over their head and then attaching it to the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> 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 it's a long time ago, but it, it's not like the golden age of Hong Kong slashers or exploitation, which is the the 90s. Right. So, Mark, what's
0: your favorite slasher?
1: Oof. I don't know. I, I, Alan, you can you can go first, cause I have to think about that.
2: I think you'll probably both disagree with me on this one, but it's nostalgia more than anything else. Um, again, linked to my pen name. I know it did last summer. Yeah. I know it's a very flawed film, but one thing I one thing I do really love is uh Kevin Williamson's way of creating depth for characters that he did with um what was the name the recent slasher Sick. Yeah. You know? oh yes yep he, he's quite good at making you actually care about friendships that was very on um, he also wrote Dawson's Creek so it's mm-hmm. kind of like you have this kind of dramatic thing between i like it when it feels half dramatic and half slasher so uh yeah i think that's the one that got me into the entire genre um the so, Mom.
0: that's fair because i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed them as they came out and you and I were talking. I was watching a marathon of them. I just refused to watch the third one because it looks stupid as
2: hell. It's dumb. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'll always know what you did last summer. I'll always know about yeah. your editing skills. Phew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still know what you always knew about what I knew like four yeah. I was <laughs> well, um, a
2: series about that too. Did you guys watch that? on? I think it was on Amazon. Two years ago, they had an I, I watched a last did summer catch series. It, no. Uh, no, but they went all cultish, and I was like, you can't touch a 90s classic and classic, sorry, and turn it super cultish. Uh, that happens yeah, yeah. a lot with slashers, and even with novels nowadays, if there's a twist, a lot of times the twist is, it's a cult! Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes you just want a proper slasher, you know?
1: I yeah, mean, they, they did it with like Halloween, right? That was yep. the first one I remember. Number six, really. yeah. 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 I mean, the as, far of, good, but... as far as... cuts good, but... One of my favorite slashers... Um, Maybe something like Sleepaway Camp, The Burning, something like that. I don't know. Um, okay.
2: So
0: the '80s, which is 80s. apropos for our age group. Yeah. yeah. And you Jim? Uh, it would be. It would, it's always going to be A Nightmare on the Street. Mm-hmm.
1: Those
0: it, are my, a, that's my. That's my favorite series of movies ever, and so, I don't care how stupid uh, they get. They're fantastic. I, am,
1: I understand perfect. it's just yeah. like technically a slasher. I always put it off to the side as its yeah. own type thing um because it's got you know all the effects and the dreams and like to me a slasher is a person wandering around and killing people right and it's not like somebody who's in a dream and it's like more um mythological i
0: I can actually tell you the moment that it was cemented as my favorite movie series of all time was when the trailer for dream warriors came out and nancy goes backwards through the chair the minute I saw that special effect, I, I was hooked. That was it. It was now my favorite my yep. favorite series ever.
1: That wasn't even a great effect. <laughs> it was. For, to, me it for was then, to me, it was. Back then, I guess it was. Yeah. The I mean, there's so many better effects in that movie. I'm, I think part three is the best of that series.
2: Yeah, um, agreed.
0: agreed. Yeah. Because it, it really toes the line between comedy and horror.
2: It does still being scary though without becoming too much of a parody, yeah. Then I have a question about that one then because Robert England was here in Brussels two two or three weeks ago at a comic con, and did a long interview that I watched online. And Mm -hmm. of course they were asking him again, "Would you ever play Freddy Krueger?" But I'm sure you both know more than I do about it. He said that he's passing the torch, Mm -hmm. uh, and the main thing. Um, they were asking who would you like to play Freddie, and he was saying Kevin Bacon again. Oh, Bacon. Yep. Yeah. Either that, or I'm bad at the name. It's an Irish name, not Northern Irish. Sorry, Mark. Uh, okay. From Peaky Blinders, what's the name again? Oh, oh Cillian, Cillian Murphy. Murphy. Yeah, he was also kind of put in the. Those are like the top two at the moment. So, as a big fan, Jim, who do you want to be? The, who do you want the next Freddie to so be, and Mark? Too. I hadn't heard him um, pick those two
0: names. The last interview I read where he talked about passing the torch. I thought he had a really ge- ingenious idea that would um, transition him out of the role and get somebody else into it which is you have different types of Freddy right you have Freddie uh, Freddy evolves based on the particular nightmare Ooh. and I think that would be a fantastic avenue to explore
2: but then because he would then actually be there in the, the beginning
0: right of the film. You, you would see him be, beginning or end probably or or in some in some sense but you would not see him in the nightmares. You would see their version of him in that nightmare.
1: That, that sounds like um, Jason goes to hell. Hopefully. Better than that <laughs> yeah, one. And, but
0: if it's pulled off properly, it could be okay.
1: Oh, I didn't yeah. mind Jason and goes to hell. It wasn't off. great,
0: but it wasn't terrible.
1: So I, I would like to... Uh, this is probably going to be a strange pick. I would like a redo for Jackie, uh, Earl, Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. Because...
2: Wait, wait, who? He, I'm not following
1: there. He he played um uh, Freddy in the remake, that awful yeah. remake.
2: Oh yeah, I think but, he kind of did what he could given the material. No. Yeah, exactly.
1: He was great as Rorschach, and Rorschach is almost kind of a Freddy sort of like the way he like conducts himself, right? Um, in Watchmen. Um, so Ooh. I w- I would like him to to have a redo because they like. That, that makeup they put on him, I know they've tried to say, oh, the more realistic and stuff. No, it looked like shit, and I couldn't hear a fucking word that he said. I don't know <laughs> the sound design, so, but it's like, mm-hmm. it's like look, look, I can't fucking hear you. Yeah, but so it was my non-native people. skills. They if did not
0: If you're going to go with the traditional Freddy, I'm going to say something that might be a little controversial right now. Is, um, Miko Hughes just did a fan film called Dylan's New Nightmare.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The character the actor that plays Freddie in that short was fantastic. I would love to see him expand that role. He was okay. Or I thought he was great.
1: No, I, I'm I'm putting that in the framework of it's a fan-made film. So saying he's yeah. okay is a compliment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But <laughs> I, I think he I think he should definitely be given a shot because I thought he did a great job.
2: Mm-hmm. How about Kevin Bacon then? Because a lot of people are saying he's been in so many slashers. They slash them Friday I, 13th.
0: They
2: slash them was garbage,
0: but you know.
2: Ha, ha, um, I, I didn't oh, enjoy that movie. That's at all. a I tough one. Was, I like the beginning. It was. But.
0: I thought it, it was a great idea. I did not like the yeah.
2: execution. So, yeah, but, same. It could have been done very properly, but the, I guess the wokeism took over the scary part or something. I like do. That.
0: I do think it's worth exploring that. Um, what's her name? Uh, the girl from My Girl, Anna Klumsky. like she mm-hmm. played a good psycho. She did, she did a, she did a relatively good job in that movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Bacon. It's almost like it, just because his face kind of looks like Freddy Krueger, <laughs> <laughs> and that, maybe that's why people like. And I like Kevin Bacon. I don't. I mean, he could probably do it. Um, he could. It was quite
2: not. scary in Day Slash Them a bit, like a yep. uh, sicko, like.
1: I'd be more concerned about everything else about the movie rather than whoever's playing Freddy Krueger. You know, is the writing good? Um, Is, you know, what are they doing with the character? Is it back to like serious Freddy again? Or is it like somewhere in between? And so it's more about the tone and stuff. If you look at the remake, like um, it like blows my fucking mind. They CGI shit. Right. And it's like they had the practical effect of the first one. Uh, you know, whenever Freddy's coming out through the wall, mm-hmm. just a, just a plastic sheet, and it looks great with the lighting underneath it. And they're like, "Oh no, this is a new movie, so we have to CGI it." And I'm not against CGI, but like, it's just like I felt that they were just like, "Oh, we have to do something a little different," and it looked much worse. <laughs> yeah, I
2: agree. That scene where um, the, the, I forgot the blonde girl's actress, she fell asleep in a classroom of the remake and she kind of yeah. startled and she's in Freddy's world. I was like, oh, this is a way to CGI. It feels like, you know, the, the last season of Stranger Things, which works yeah. for Stranger Things, but not for Freddy, right. I think,
1: personally. Um, I, yeah, I mean, CGI is uh, just another tool, right? So like practical mm-hmm. effects is a tool, lighting is a tool. Use it appropriately. Just don't use it because you have it. <laughs> like some right. things are better shot in camera. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Are, are you listening, Hollywood?
2: <laughs> you
1: never we know. In that case,
2: authors. I have a lovely novel that needs some uh, <laughs> oh, uh, oh. adaptation.
1: before We move on. I, I always uh, we have authors on um, quite frequently because Jim's always begging them to come on. But Alan, so oh, I so, am. You, so I, I'm your, a whore
0: for authors. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah. So, I'm right so here. For, Have you in your head thought, hey, if this was made into a movie, who would I want to direct it and who would I want in my lead roles?
2: I would hope. This is very naive, but if if we can fantasize, I'd like to have an input as well on the creative process, not just let someone take over. I think from a marketing standpoint, it can be very smart that you have – there are six protagonists, six girls Mm – uh, all from different European countries. If you have, like, new, let's say, the European Jenna Ortega Scream Queens, that you have a, a, a Croatian one, a Polish one, you get six different huge fan bases from around Europe. You put them together, um, so they wouldn't be, I'm guessing, actresses that you probably know. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I would know them. I can't tell you a Croatian actress. But, you know, you, you, you match them together, like, really popular ones at the moment, and a lot of European stuff is doing very well with American audiences on Netflix. If you think of like Elite, for example, like this murder mm-hmm. mystery kind of stuff in a Spanish boarding school in Madrid. So I think it would, would work really well. And I don't want, I wouldn't want American actresses in that one because it's such a European story. Right. Mm-hmm. I would be open to Jenna Ortega for the, the Spanish character. even though I, I know that's not the same, so I don't want to mix that up.
1: Um, so, so who would dir- who would direct it?
2: Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, tricky. Who do you guys think are some good ni- 90s, because I want that kind of vibe, slasher directors? I mean, Wes Craven, rest in peace, would have been my absolute go-to.
1: Why? Mm-hmm.
2: Um... Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm sure you agree. <laughs> uh, I'm,
0: yeah, I do, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have to go with Kevin Williamson, right? I mean, he he is the father the- of the smart slasher. From the 90s, right?
2: Yeah. And he so did... he could definitely be somebody. Yeah, he did sick as well. And I think he would like the kind of friendships between the girls and the queer aspect yep. to it and the cultural mix. Yep. Yeah, Kevin Williamson and then some European famous final and first girls in there.
0: Do you know who else I think... And I only say this because I like most of the films I've seen of his. Of his is Alexandra Aja. Because visually, his movies are stunning. And I think he, they could he could really do this setting justice.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be nice. I would love it to be actually shot in Belgium too, and not taken over by a Hollywood setting, but that it would actually go into an old right. bowling school. There's so much history in the city, you know, that goes way mm-hmm. back way further than American architecture. So yeah. I want that to be, I want the city to be a protagonist too, not yeah, just the absolutely. characters. So.
1: I'm I'm just going to do a random pick because I'm thinking about nineties and I'm thinking about nineties flashers and a movie which I thought was so well-directed. And it's uh, Bernard Rose, who directed Candyman. Oh, that's good. Oh,
2: okay. The, yeah. yeah, you have the mythological, cultural aspect there. Mm-hmm.
1: I could mm-hmm. see that, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so, so we're getting this put together, right?
0: Obviously. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, crowdfunding. Alan, Alan's you know? writing down his treatment already.
2: Yep. His, his so picture's myself and
1: Jim are executive producers. I can live with
2: that, <laughs> but you but have we, to be more open to the slashers, on your mark. Otherwise, you're you're uh, booted off.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like slashers sometimes. <laughs> I, I think I think the thing with slashers, right, and it's kind of like to me, it's like kind of zombie movies and a lot. It's just it just got so oversaturated that you know it just started to lose any appeal to me. But I think there's genuine classics. Mm-hmm. Um, and are within yeah. obviously the slasher feel, but it's True. so many and it was you know was so cheap to like pump out, especially in the eighties. It's uh, had a bit
2: of breathing room now, though, hasn't it? The genre though, so it's slowly kind of coming back with the Halloween trilogy, the scream. But other than that, we do need a good new slasher villain, though. I guess already the clown's the only one right. that is kind of becoming popular, but there's no like big you know Freddy or no.
1: Yeah, so no Jason. I'm curious.
2: There's a there's a new movie out that I keep
0: hearing about everywhere but i haven't seen it yet and it could technically i get i think fall into the slasher film even though it's more supernatural it's called when evil lurks
1: i've seen it jim it's not a slasher is movie it is, it is it, not, but it, it could is, be
0: it could be brought it. into that genre right no it, what i mean i know it's a possession film i know it's a possession film right but from what i hear from the reviews i haven't watched it yet but it could be brought into that genre couldn't it
1: no no not at all what? i I I've been singing the praises, and we'll get to it whenever we go over what we've watched, of um, the director whenever I watched Terrified, not Terrifier, Terrified. Um, Same director, Um, right? Yeah, same director, which I thought was just like, uh, you know, it it was just a wonderful, new, kind of, not surrealistic, but it's something a little different, and I really enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed uh, when he, but it's not a slasher in no way, shape, or
0: form. Well, no, I'm not. I'm, I know it's not, but I still think it can be adapted based on what I've heard about it. I haven't seen it yet, though, uh, no, so that, no. my, my opinion might change. Have you watched Totally Killer? I hated it. <laughs> I <I'll> go, <laughs> was going to ask. <laughs> I've not I seen it. it. I thought I thought it was a waste of great potential. Mm-hmm. Um, the storyline is full of. Garbage leaps that have to be believed, and I could not care enough about the characters
2: to suspend my disbelief. Yeah, the main the the, the main character, oof, not very likable. I love,
0: I love her in other things she's done. I loved her in mm-hmm. Sabrina. I loved her in uh, what was that one where she played a deaf girl um, with the aliens on Netflix. I forget the name of it, but I, it? I I've, I've loved her in other things. I did not think this was a great film.
2: No. I did like the well, – I'm bad with names now. I'm sorry. But from a modern family. But, oh, the mom, yeah. Yeah. That that um, scene without giving away too much was good for me. that one Oh, was yeah.
0: The, the mom's – the mom so I don't think we're spoiling anything by saying the mom's death scene was pretty
2: fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's why I thought, ooh, this could potentially be quite nice. And then and it, just it went back to the future, but <laughs> like zealist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um,
1: just something just popped in my head. Alan, have you seen the editor? The editor.
2: Mm. Wait, I think. Let me check it when I see the, this, the, the poster, perhaps.
1: The editor. Well, from so wait, what
2: year is this from?
1: Um, so this this is like a parody movie of Giallo movies uh, ah. made by Astron 6. You should definitely check it out. Yeah? It, it is wonderful. Uh,
2: 2014. A film editor gets embroiled in a string of murders. Is it that one?
1: Yep. Yeah.
2: Canadian black comedy Galio giallo
1: Yellow. It's yeah. a yellow. Good old giallo.
0: I'm, I'm not a fan of yellows.
2: Gialo no. I like some of them. Mark depends. Mark this is purely yellow or not?
1: I, I don't. Know. I mean, yeah, they're just. They're just. I mean, they're just murder mysteries with elaborate death sequences. That's what they are, right? So there's foot rape. Mark,
0: let's not forget the foot
1: rape. <laughs> no, but it's the same as, like, saying, oh, well, I don't like slashers.
0: But you did there's say good that.
1: There's slashers, there's bad slashers. There's giallo, there's good giallo, there's bad giallo. Okay, so maybe the, it,
0: okay then I'll rephrase. I've never seen a good giallo. Ooh. Is that fair? Um,
1: I mean, my, But
0: but given given my exposure, Alan, that's not a wide base. I think I've seen two or three, okay. maybe.
2: I, <laughs> all
1: right. My favorite might be Profondo Rosso, Deep Red. Um, oh yeah
2: I have watched that one that's a good one I like that one too Yeah.
1: So,
2: I, I, yeah Actually, my intro- go, ahead. go ahead Mark
1: no go ahead Jim, Jim's going to say that I've um, you know, shown him a movie that I said giallo and he hates so he won't watch any more giallos which is uh, Lucio <laughs> Fulci's New York Ripper um, yeah,
0: that's yeah. the worst movie ever
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a strong, uh, <laughs> strong <laughs> statement <laughs> It's not his best. But so, so whenever we initially started this podcast, because Jim is more of a casual horror fan and I'm a bit mm-hmm. more of a nerd, we set it up where Jim would pick like a mainstream movie that he likes and I yep. would pair it up with something that's similar uh, but uh, less well known. So Jim, we did the New York Ripper and what was your pick for that? Halloween twenty eight. Oh uh, yeah. Halloween 2018 and the New
2: Yorker.
1: Yep. I see.
0: Which is a episode.
2: Yeah, well, Halloween 2018, uh, what I did like was the intergenerational trauma. They should have gone personally, just a personal opinion, deeper into the intergenerational trauma, but the idea was really good. I thought you have three st- strong women. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty good for the Halloween series. I mean, how many different, I, how do you call them? Not storylines, but how do you call yeah, it again? there There were storylines. So no, no, but I there. mean, um, you have, like, it goes 1, 2, then you have 3 separate, then you have one, two, four, five, then you have H20 yeah, H- separate. Timelines, yeah, that's still it's one. It's ridiculous, yeah. The multiverse of multiverses, and it's been brought up now honest, by Blumhouse? Or?
0: I feel like um, Halloween should have ended with
1: H20. <laughs> I almost feel like getting into talking about Halloween ends, but... I don't please wanna. don't
2: Ooh, no but I do want because a lot of people don't like it but I wasn't against it we hated it we, we watched it live and recorded it for the podcast and we both hated it it's
1: the worst thing ever
2: yeah. no I disagree I, I uh, respectfully disagree on that one I think for Halloween Ends as a title yes because you want your Michael Myers don't you for the final one but the idea of evil infesting a city I like that idea but it maybe shouldn't have been the final film for Halloween series. But uh, no, 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 and it didn't make
1: any sense. And I'm trying to introduce I mean, it's horror. <laughs> Corey character and he's getting beaten up by like people from like a marching band school. Oh, I love, yeah, I love that because it didn't make any <laughs> sense. The biggest <laughs> geeks are gonna beat him down. This <laughs> doesn't make any sense, and it's like, well, uh, it. it you're you're trying to set up this Laurie Strode Michael Myers final battle, but mm-hmm. it's just more about this fucking idiot who's just a fucking dumbass. Uh, apparently, just uh, what's her name falls in love with him I like listen, one man. yeah in one That's second true. because he's so I, I, don't, I, I don't know yeah. what because he's so uh, sympathetic. I don't know. And then they have this whole movie about him, and... Uh, I, I'm not even going to go into it. It's I just love <laughs> it.
2: Uh, <laughs> There's a couple of things I liked. I love the opening scene with that kid. I was like, wow, yeah. that was pretty strong. And this is going to be very gay of me, but I love the interior decorations in the houses. <laughs> I kept thinking with like, Big John and Little John, and then Laurie's home. Yeah. I was like, I want that wallpaper right
1: there. Right? Here's the thing about those three uh, Halloween movies. Technically... They're very good, right? As far as the direction, the cinematography, the sets, everything. But I don't care when the story is as fucking stupid <laughs> as it is. You can make it's the um, Prometheus thing, right? Um, oh looks, yeah. Be- looks beautiful, technically wonderful. It's a fucking dumb movie. It's a
2: disaster. Yeah. I want that Lindsay and Halloween ends to have a really big chase scene, you know. The one from Desperate Housewives, what's her name? Um, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Richards? Yes. You know, she was the, the young girl in the original Halloween, and she yes. was back in Halloween Kills. Yes, I remember. Mm-hmm. That. But she was just kind of put in post because people were such a fan of her in Halloween Kills. She should but have been, like, a, a main one in the last one.
1: It's just all nostalgia porn at that point. It is. It's like, it oh, is quite, remember, you... remember this little kid? Uh, now we're going to bring him back. Hey. <laughs> And, I will Jim, tell you, we talk about The Exorcist Believer and them doing the same thing, Yeah. which I... I hated
0: I hated well. The Exorcist, Exorcist Believer, and I wish David Gordon Green would
2: stop getting licensed to continue classic movies. He's doing well for himself, though, so probably will continue. Nightmare on Elm Street, would you be happy for him to take over that one, Jim? <laughs> no, God, no. Oh, my God. That would be worse than the remake.
0: <laughs> Freddy, oh, fuck
2: no.
1: Freddy dies Freddy like, dies tonight. Freddy
0: dies tonight.
2: It would have been some kind of a twist. That, uh, what, what would he uh, do with, with, with Freddy, David?
1: So, uh, no, David, afraid, re- directing uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, it would be that um, Freddy Krueger was the victim of social media who think that he is some sort of killer and there's a flash mob that turns up to kill him. No. And now he comes back through people's smartphones yeah uh, <laughs> To, to kill them.
0: He's, every time they use a filter on TikTok, they summon Freddy Krueger.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're laughing now, but just wait till it's out the film. We'll go. We, yeah, I know, we right? We were first.
0: <laughs> That's right. We are trademarking these ideas, my friends.
1: Well, yeah. Well, we're we're, we're avant-garde. we produce it. Okay, I'm on film, nice guys. Film. I'll be
2: right <laughs> back. All right. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, this that that would be That
0: would be awful.
2: Yeah, that would be awful. That
0: would be so awful.
2: Oh my God. But I can imagine because he's doing all these big remakes now, right? So hol- um, Hollywood might as well go like, hey, we need someone for Nightmare on Elm Street. Why don't you go ahead? And then a new trilogy. He would make I it very dark.
0: I would be honest. I I was on board with Halloween 2018 because I thought it was a great Halloween film. It wasn't anything new or fantastic, but I was on board. Me too. Then, then Halloween Kills came out and it started to get a bit ridiculous, which I was still okay with, until Karen's death scene. And I'm like, what is I this, think... an art film now?
2: But yeah, that was because of the – I guess you know, right? The psycho tributes to yeah. Laurie Strode's yeah. mom. But,
0: but it, it's... it was just garbage. It, it it took the film in the wrong direction, and then Halloween ends was just absolutely ridiculous. There there were no redeeming qualities in my opinion from that movie. I did tell Mark that I did appreciate the gay couple, Little John and Big John, mm-hmm. because they were you know just sitting there talking, smoking dope and watching movies. That's yeah, what just every chilling around. Months, pretty much, right? They were and then they were going to fight back. Like they were going to lock this motherfucker in their house and they were going to take care of him. Yeah. Which is I mean, I don't know that I would lock anybody in my house if I thought I had an intruder, but you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. no. They were good characters in there. Kind of they were comic relief but in a way that was still respectful, so that was that was yeah. good. Just yeah, like so I said, I the appreciate- wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciated
0: that, but the rest of the movie I thought was total garbage. Like, Mark mm-hmm. and I, like I said, we, we watched it um, and, and recorded live what we thought, and it was just
2: awful. <laughs> it's one of those films I know a lot of people are against, but I've watched it three times now because I kind of want to find redeeming qualities. You know, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just want to mm-hmm. go, I want to see what they actually oh, yeah. meant by this. And there were certain scenes that, that I did like when it came to watching into his eyes and looking into his eyes, sorry. Um but, yeah, I know a lot of people hated it. And I didn't like that he didn't have enough screen time, Michael Myers. He wasn't that scary because you saw him being weak in that tunnel, right? And that right. kind of took away the, ooh, he's creepy. That was a shame. Right, and
0: that was the that was the other part that I hated was he essentially fed people to Michael Myers to get him his strength back. Like Michael Myers mm-hmm. isn't an animal. He doesn't
2: that, need to be fed. <laughs> if anything, supernatural, I guess, a little bit. But... Right. He, he got he a... And that was all supposed to be
0: uh, an homage to the Cult of Thorn, right? It was supposed to bring in that supernatural aspect from Halloween Mm -hmm. 6. But it just failed on so many levels, that movie.
1: Halloween Ends, is more of an ape of Halloween 3. They use the same font at the start where they try to, like, more of an anthology thing and take the focus away from Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. Which is a weird choice for the end of a trilogy about Michael Myers.
2: Yeah. That part I right. do agree with. Yeah, it would have been better as an anthology, mm-hmm. like even like an episode or something on Shudder. Then it would have worked a lot better, I think. Than yeah, uh, which I would love to have in Europe, but we don't have Shudder here.
1: Crap. Oh, you know. oh no, <laughs> it's gonna
2: be I mean, never heard of that. Is <laughs> uh, this being broadcasted one, by now? Amazon? Cause... Yeah. No. <laughs> We are on Audible. They're, so they're so kind of saying. my
1: bosses. Oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> I that I mean, out. I mean, nobody should get a VPN, correct, guys? No, What's I've never VPN? heard of that. A no, very, exactly. very pornographic
0: novel? <laughs> um. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I work in IT, Mark, and I've never heard of a VPN. What are you talking about?
1: I have no idea. I just made it up.
0: Okay, fantastic. We all Anyway, did great. <laughs> right. Mark, you, you have some things you want to talk about that you've seen? So, Alan, uh, we we do this segment at the end of the podcast where we talk about things that we've seen, what we've watched, whether it's horror-related or not, um, audiobooks we've listened to, movies we've watched, video games we've played, any of that stuff. Cool. So Mark is usually the most long-winded with these, so I'm going to let him go first. Oh,
1: shut up. Before
0: Mark starts, (laughs) Alan, do you want to give out your TikTok handle, your Instagram handle, any of that information so that if people want to go looking for your book or – they want to see any of your your social media presence. Where can they find you?
2: It's pretty easy. It's uh, Alan Shivers, author on TikTok and on uh, Instagram. It's the same one. And Alan Shivers, author at yahoo.com. Yes, as you were laughing at. It. Yeah, we still use <laughs> Yahoo.
1: I By email. Yahoo. I have a Yahoo email, so I don't know what the fuck Jim's talking about.
2: There we go. I'm not a dinosaur. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I am not though. so maybe I would, I would say mostly on TikTok I'm quite active, and I just downloaded it since I started writing. Because in the beginning I was mm-hmm. like, I'm 36, should I still be having this? Uh, this uh, I'm this 47, I still
0: make TikTok videos, so.
2: There be. we go. But it's actually a really good way of uh, getting in touch with. I mean, most of my ARC readers came through TikTok. I would say 90%. Oh, nice. um, and I'm, I'm on Goodreads as well, and yeah, and my novel you can either you can read it for free on Kindle Unlimited. You can get the oh. ebook, or you can buy the paperback on Amazon, on any of the different Amazons, you know, dot com, ca, yep. .no
1: i, I so bought please it give it a go. Reading it now. Yeah. I, I, and the movie will be coming out soon. Yes, yes executive with, producer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark, Mark can dream, right? You
0: know, yeah, right. He can he can dream, but that's about all he gets.
1: Yeah. It's <laughs> It's probably a nightmare, but anyway. Um, so what I've watched, um, yes. oddly enough, I've watched like a bunch of different like international movies as well as a couple of American ones. Um, the first one I watched um, on Shudder who apparently there was some sort of VPN thing i know nothing about. Um, I It was titled Lockdown Tower. Um, but whenever I looked it up, people, it's also got a name of just the tower. This is a 2023 French movie with the premise um, of people within like a housing block, apartment block um, in France, uh, all of a sudden, um outside um has become this sort of void where if you try to go outside um like you're just like melted away. So n- huh. so the premise is everybody's stuck in this like tower. This okay. was the most boring shit that I've ever seen. And um, I can uh, only shame. Like, Sounds uh, good. I, well, apparently like the director has done like a bunch of stuff that people really liked. jean uh, no idea who he is. But really, it's like okay, um, there's different kind of like clans get together within here within the tower. Um, you know, there's the black ones, there's the white ones, and it's like blah. Oh yeah, I get it. Uh, you know, we've seen this a million times in a million zombie movies. People are shitty to each other, and then they're even more shitty whenever it's like uh, under more extreme circumstances. Got it. But none of these characters were likable. None of them were memorable. Um, it was just like, I I, I get it. it. It was like, OK, COVID happened, right? So let's do something about people being stuck inside together. But there was nothing engaging about it. Um, it was just awful. <laughs> I, I didn't like it at all. So that is not a recommend. Um, just going to say, definitely want to watch it now. Yeah. It. <laughs> Doesn't it? Um, so, Jim, I know you've watched this one too. Uh, watched VHS 85.
2: Yeah. Which I know I really one works on that. What did you think? I really liked it.
0: I, I liked the wraparound story, which Mark hated. And then I didn't like it. I didn't
1: hate it. it. I just thought it was kind of black
0: yeah and that's the only part that i liked was the wraparound story
1: um i think vhs 2 is one of the best horror anthology movies ever made um i started watching it was a vhs viral or 99 or something and i, I just it, it was just an all, annoying stopped. but 85 i really liked um scott derrickson's uh episode was really good um, Gigi Sol Guerr- Guerrero's, uh, episode was really good. Um, there was a couple of clunkers in there, but overall, um, I gave it, like, a three and a half out of five stars. Um, I think it's worthwhile. Not too shabby. Uh, okay, so, um, when evil lurks.
0: lurks. Yes, fill me in.
1: This could almost be a sequel to Terrified. Um... In just kind of the general setup. Um, so this starts off with uh, two kind of like farmer guys finding a dead body. Um, they found a notebook where he was supposed to be going to this house. And again, it's like kind of like in the middle of nowhere. Um, they go in uh, to this house and uh, they talk to this woman and said, hey, this guy was supposed to be meeting you, but he was cut in half. <laughs> Do you know why? Whether we're like, what's going on? And um, they see that her son has become this big, disgusting, bloated, possessed person. That evil has—you know—evil's taken them over. And okay. kind of the setup is that this has happened before, and it happens in big cities, but because they're out, like you know, in the middle of nowhere this is really bad because what happens is if you kill that person, then the evil kind of goes out and kind of possesses more people and it makes them do terrible things. Um, so you need certain people to be able to rid them of that but kind of like an exorcism or kill them, but in a certain way. So they have like several rules about how to deal with these uh, bloated, possessed people. Uh, like you can't shoot but- them. That's one of the things about it. Uh, go ahead Jim oh I was
0: just gonna ask about the rules like do, do they have to become bloated if they become possessed
1: so that that's a symptom of what happens to them
2: okay you know, like this all the time <laughs> <laughs> <He's bloated.
1: laughs> but but the, like the effects are great and the the guy looks just disgusting and he's like whispering to them hey kill me kill me but it's not kill him to save him it's that if they kill him, like, especially with a gun, that evil will kind of, uh, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it, 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 can emanate out from them. Uh, and it it's can Like do a it.
0: spore essentially, right?
1: Right. Right. Um, and again, this, this is just a, a wonderful movie. It's kind of, again, sort of surrealistic, um, in premise, uh, beautifully shot, something a little different, definitely worth is it checking as
0: brutal about. as everybody says mark according to you Brutal. because um, I hear that word mentioned a lot with this film so I'm, I'm curious
1: so so I think you know a lot of people see stuff through their own perspective right mm-hmm. and uh, for me it's not brutal okay but again that's fair. my experience differs from other people's experiences yeah. so um, for some people, maybe yes, they they would see that as brutal. It, it's not that brutal. It's it's actually quite a slow building movie movie, so it's not. Like, it it's more set around uh, set pieces. Um, but the characters are all engaging. Everything looks great. Um, again, it's just a different sort of concept done really well. Um, and you know, I, I, I saw some people saying. If you're going to see one type of possessed movie, don't see The Exorcist Believer, see this one, right? And I totally agree with that as far as this year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing more of the director's work. I think he's done another horror movie, which I'll have to seek out. Um, But, yeah, big recommend for that one.
2: Nice. Sounds good.
1: Um, So we did a rewatch of Trick or Treat because it was Halloween. Of course. Um, I don't think we need to talk too much about it. I mean, it's really good. No idea why they didn't release it in the movie theater and shelve it for two years. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are these? Like, if I was the executive producer, I would have said, hey, let's release it in the movie theater because this is a banger, right? It's really good. Um, so, yeah, I don't need <laughs> So the last one I want to talk about, um, you know, you look at everything through a certain lens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for lower budget movies, you've got different expectations compared to, like, big blockbuster, right? Yeah. Um, so for the first three movies in this series, I really like what they've done. Like, it wasn't, you know, uh, none of the actors were awesome, great, great, all of the wonderful actors, but didn't really need to be. Um, and this is Hell House. Uh, Jim Allen Jim have you seen the Hell House movies?
0: I've, I've seen the first one and I started the second
2: one. I didn't like them so I, I didn't continue. I'm gonna double check the posters because I'm a poster guy, but continue I'll check <laughs> Hell House.
1: Yes. So this is Hellhouse LLC Origins, right. the Michael Manor and like I'm not saying like the first three movies are like a 10 out of 10, but I enjoyed no. them for, I enjoyed them for what they were. I thought they were fun yes, enough, right. low budget you know found footage, all this stuff whatever. This one was the biggest pile of shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, <laughs> literally.
2: You're
1: positive today. <laughs> well, well, I've got a couple of really great ones and a couple of stinkers. <laughs> so, so this one, uh, like, we even talk about it. And, and we talk about tropes, right? And this is yep. the big trope of, like, found footage or handheld movies, right? Why are you still filming? Right? I think in the Blair Witch Project, I think they gave kind of the best answer that you can, um, other than having, you know, you're a reporter and you have to do this, whatever. Um, Whenever uh, he grabs a camera from the, um, what's her name, the lead actress. Anyway, and he's like, oh, I see why you're filming everything because it doesn't look real when you're filming. It's like you're separating yourself, and I think that's great. But these people are just filming shit for no reason. Um, they're supposed to be, um, there's, there's three main actors in it. And, um, it's like a woman, her brother, and actually she has a girlfriend. And one thing I will say is they treat it very normally. It's not a big deal at all. That's the good part of it. Um, apart from that, um, this woman overacts so much like the main woman, it's like, she's on stage. And they talk about, oh, you know, why are you filming everything? And they name drop like, oh, it's like cinema verite and stuff. I'm like, okay, so you're naming cinema verite, but you're overacting. And I blame the director, not the actress, because the director should have been like, you're supposed to be acting like a normal person, not some thespian up on the stage. Very strange. (laughs) Nothing happens in this movie. They make the dumbest fucking decisions I've ever seen. They could have just left this fucking house driven away, um, it, it, it's just awful. Um, avoid this one like the plague.
2: Is the first one good? Okay. You're saying so I, I like, these, you said.
1: I like the first three.
2: Yeah? How many are there in total, then?
1: So, fours.
2: That's the fourth yeah. one, yeah. So, oh, yeah, the first one seems interesting. I've seen it pop up a couple of times on different Facebook groups, the first yeah. one, the poster. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, I wouldn't pay to watch them, but if they're on a streaming site or something, definitely gonna you know check them out. VPN, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I have no and um. What else you got? I think that's it.
0: Okay, Alan, what about you?
2: Um, uh, this is gonna sound very selfish, but I've been so wrapped up with like writing <laughs> that uh, okay. I haven't really yeah um, I haven't really been doing much. What a much. Diva. I know, proper <laughs> yeah. diva. i oh, was such, such a writer. No, I, I I did watch, on Halloween, I watched The Boogeyman, the 2023 one oh. with uh, my roommate, yeah. just to yeah, do something halloween Ah, I don't know how I felt about it. I really liked the build-up, and yeah. I thought this is this could potentially be quite scary, but it was one of those things where once you see the monster a bit too much, it lost a bit of its pace and a lot of its threat. Have you both watched it?
1: I have not seen it yet. I, but, have. I mean, it's based on, like, a Stephen King thing? It is, or? It is. Yeah, yeah, the other is. shorts.
2: Yeah. So I really liked the beginning, and some of the elements were original. Uh, the, the acting was good, I'll say that. The kid was really yeah. good. The young actress I, was good, too. It's
0: funny, because I was so excited when I saw it was released on Hulu. That I was like, oh, I finally get to see it. And then I started watching, I'm like, I saw this in theaters. I've already seen this. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, are I'm you, so pissed.
1: Wait, wait, hang on. So, Jim, you went to the movie theater to see the movie, and then you forgot you saw it? Yeah, didn't have month? much of an impact, or its age.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, didn't. yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: nice.
2: thinking yep, of the other of ones the I watched recently. Oh, I watched, <laughs> oh, I watched uh, quite a fun, again, slasher, sorry, but um, it's on Netflix now, a Swedish one. Yeah. Uh, confidence like a conference basically but a bunch of people Oh, i just heard about that today yeah Yeah, that was pretty fun quirky um shot beautifully it was quite clever the humor in there too uh not slapsticky but fun but still scary that was one of the better ones i've seen like this year i'd say so confidence was definitely good um oh you might be better at titles than me. You might have to edit these things out. <laughs> uh, there was one that's that a I watched good. about an immigrant couple that came into, into the UK. Um, and then it's kind of just like this allegory of either it's PTSD or they're actually seeing ghosts or gins in this case. That was a really good one. Have you watched that one? Do you know what I'm on about?
0: It sounds sort of like His House, but I don't know if that's the right movie because that was similar I just don't remember where the house was that they moved into. Um, uh, well, in,
2: in the UK somewhere. When, and there was one really yeah, good one I, that I watched recently. Wait, from Iran?
0: Let me, let me look that up, see where they yeah. moved to. Because I remember it, it's, it sounds similar to that his house. That's from 2022. A refugee? Yeah, so they moved from mm-hmm. South Sudan to an English town.
2: Yeah. That one was yep. dark and good. Good build-up. Did you watch that it, one? See... It
0: was too I, much of a slow burn for me. I got bored.
2: Uh, sometimes I like a slow burn, but you need to kind of be, yeah. you know, have the mentality before you start watching it. You know, like yeah. this is not going to be flashy, right. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't finish it because I just couldn't get into it at the time. So i wasn't okay. gone back. To
1: it. And that's just Jim's mentality.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. It is. I, I'm terrible with that. I get, I get sidetracked and I lose interest very, very quickly and stuff. I, I, I'll watch that a day.
1: slow burn. I'll watch a slow burn movie, but. Two things, right? You have to be engaged by the characters all the way through, yeah. and it has to have a good payoff.
0: And I, I do, uh, under I the shadow, that, in that
1: case,
2: sorry, I do, I do
0: love, I love the female actress in *His House*. Like mm-hmm. I loved her in *Lovecraft Country*, um, and I think I've seen her in a few other things, and she's just phenomenal. Which is why I gave that movie a shot because it, it's not something that I would normally be interested in, but I just couldn't get mm-hmm. into it.
2: Another one that I watched last week was Under the Shadow. That's on Netflix too. That's an uh, Iranian uh, Mm. film about well about the Iranian war at the time. And again, of um, um, how can I put it? Really slow burn, but you really care for the characters. Um, It's about a woman, then her daughter, and the husband. But the husband has to go away to fight in the war, and slowly everyone in the city starts moving out of the big apartment block. And it's about this mythology about jinns that move together during wartime and that jinns bring forth trauma. So it's a really nice allegory on war. Um, uh, Yeah, some really, really creepy moments in that too. And you really felt the kind of um, Middle East culture and mythology in which you don't really see very often in things that you can see on Netflix or anything, I think. So uh, under the shadow, I really liked. It even says on IMDb that it's a drama, but it's a drama horror. So it's okay. a good mix of those
1: two. Yeah, uh, I would re- I would recommend. Um, it just kind of reminded me of uh, the first Senegalese movie I've ever watched, uh, which is called Salon, Saloum. S A L O U M. I'm checking. And it, it has similar themes about war and like kind of uh, child soldiers, but it's excellent. Uh, it does have a supernatural twist in it. It's kind of half of like a heist sort of movie, but then it turns like into something else.
2: Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're interested right
1: yeah, 2021.
2: All right. Then there's two novels that I want to give a shout-out to as well, because I've been in close mm-hmm. contact with two other authors that are also Right Slasher. And we're yeah. working together on some things and we'll do like a deep dive interview soon. One was um, Don't Lie by Sarah Jules. If you like Not a funny. bit of a darker, as in very flawed characters, mm-hmm. uh, definitely give that one a go, Halloween Vibes. And it's the setting is cool because it's set by the coasts in the UK. Um, very kind of desolate, eerie vibe. So Don't Lie by Sarah Jules was great. And then Bleed. By Emerald O'Brien. She's Canadian. Um, also has a massive love for the kind of same slashes that, that I love, and mm-hmm. her her uh, sequels out as well in, in two weeks. That one was uh, actually made me cry, which doesn't happen happen very often with with books, definitely not with horror books, <laughs> because there's a uh, the family ties cut so deep in that one that you end up genuinely rooting for. Again, what we were talking about before, right? That it's not father in this case, right? But you're like really caring about these characters. So don't lie and bleed. Yeah, yeah. definitely read those two slashers. And mine, please. (laughs) (laughs) I I will finish yours before I start another one, I promise. Great, Um, yeah. And I I
0: will let you know exactly what I feel about it because I don't sugarcoat shit. Most of them. I kind of <laughs> had a
2: feeling so far, but that means that what you said so far was an actual compliment and not just suck yes, it, it up. So that's good.
1: If, if Jim gives you a five out of 10, for most people, <laughs> like a 10 out of 10. Okay. So yeah. maybe before you do like put any reviews on Goodreads, have a chat
2: with me. Just, yeah. You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jim's got a very strange way of uh, rating things. So.
2: Yeah. I, yeah. Do. I had that today. I had a review of um, uh, three stars out of five, which is it's still good, but you, usually, and it sounds super cocky, but it's been four or five so far, and one mm. uh, had like a quite a long review, and for, everything was super positive, and like, this is great if you want a Scream kind of vibe, and uh, has all the slasher elements you've been looking for, and then it was three stars, and I was like, but tell me what I did, you know, <laughs> like how I can improve in that case, because I'm right. super open to constructive criticism, but I didn't get, you know, that kind of combo. Right. Tell me what to work on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Anything else you want to talk about, Alan?
2: Oh, so when I was six years old, it all started, like, my life story?
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, feel free, because Mark brings up my childhood trauma all the time.
2: <laughs> Oof, don't want to get into that the first
1: round. But yeah, maybe when okay. the sequels out, <laughs> yeah. and you get there me you back go. on, I hope. If you want to write, like, a horror book, um, just talk to Jim about his childhood. Oof. We'll have a, a joint conversation. That is,
0: that is sort of my dream: is to have a, a, book, a character in a horror novel based off of me. That would be that would be amazing.
2: I have the title: "Memoirs of a Geisha." <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're welcome.
2: I've been sitting on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks so much. Those executive so much
1: producers were running this down. That's it. Marcus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Alan? Are
2: you- Other than that, no, just have a a look at my socials and there will be a couple of, um, like I said, the deep dive interview hopefully will be interesting if you want to see the perspective of not just me, but other slasher authors, Mm -hmm. talk about the psychological aspects of uh, what uh, got us into it. Definitely the queer representation will be talked about. Uh, One thing, I don't know if if you both know the the book uh, Monsters in the Closet, because that's one that... I I was studying queer Gothic at university and that one really is the first kind of novel that talks about nonfiction, talks about the history of GLBTQ representation already back in like uh, Victorian eras, for example, like talking about Carmilla, the vampire novel and Mm -hmm. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, the duality dichotomy of, you know, being outcast of society, wanting to be part of it too. So yeah, if you haven't read that novel, that one... Was for me personally a game changer. Monster in the yeah. closet. Um, okay, that's
0: yeah. fair. I'll have to check that one out.
1: Uh, I'm straight. I don't need to read that stuff. No,
2: Clearly
1: it's not for you. you. No, <laughs> it's <laughs> not all about you, Mark. Just because you're straight, you know. No, you actually no. learn something. Imagine. You no, know, I. Watched, um, there was a very good documentary on Shutter. Um, that, was about, no, um, that was all about. No, that was all about. Queer horror and and its uh, foundings and stuff. Um, uh, Shudder.
0: Shudder. So if you want to see something, Alan, by the way, um, that I thought... Yeah, Queer for Fear is a good one. I saw saw that one. But if you want to see a good, well, the quote-unquote best gay slasher that has like 90s vibes, look for a movie called Hellbent.
2: I have watched that one, yeah.
0: It, it's pretty neat, right? I mean, it's it's definitely not a perfect film because it goes into a lot of stereotypes and it's pretty ridiculous. But it's the best gay slasher flick I've ever seen because there's yeah. not many to choose from.
2: That's true. And it was, even the tagline, I think, was the first gay slasher. I think that was yeah. the tagline. Yep. First gay slasher, uh, that's all you needed to know. But yeah, it's yep. true, and it, it was important at the time. Well, is this also like 10 years old? Please don't tell me. I thought it was like three years ago. It's old. It's a lot older than
0: 10 years old. No. <laughs> yeah, I, think that, I think it's going on 20 years now. Oh, crap. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell you one second.
2: Uh, Everything in the 2000s for me is a year ago. You know? I, I, I just feel uh, that... Yeah, we've...
0: so uh, next year it'll be 20 years old. Oh, thank you. Needed that.
1: Well, essential well, <laughs> horror about growing old podcast... Yep. Oof. So, okay, also you ready scary. for me? Yeah, it is. Uh, right. It's uh, chronophobia, right? So yeah.
0: I have a lot of the movies that I watched are my Halloween staples, so there's not many new films. Like I watched The Worst Witch, which Tim Curry, Feruza Charlotte Ray. It's a great movie that I've watched every year since I was a kid. Um, I watched uh, – the, I didn't. I know you did Last Summer Marathon. Well, Ray mm-hmm. wasn't here. I did...
2: Um, but not the third one, right?
0: You said? Not the third one, no. Nope. I, I cannot yeah. watch the third one out of principle. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really it. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of TV. I did a lot of audiobooks this the, the last week. So it's a bit ridiculous. Um, the first one I want to talk about is called Skin Flicks by Duncan Duncan Ralston. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people really love this author.
1: Skin but, Flicks?
0: Skin Flicks, F L I C K. Okay, Flick, 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 yeah. um, are. This is a collection of short stories, and this is where this book really highlighted the fact that I don't like extreme horror because it's extreme, mm-hmm. and a lot of it, I think, is, is graphic to the point where it's unnecessary, so I just don't enjoy it.
2: Like exploitation. So I'm
0: going to be perfectly kind of. honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I didn't even finish the book because it just wasn't mm-hmm. my cup of tea. That's fair. Um, the next one I read, which was fantastic, it's a kaiju book called uh, Project Nemesis by Jeremy Robinson. It's about this girl who is murdered by her father and then brought to a secret government facility where her, her body is um, spliced her, – her DNA is spliced with a Kai, an unknown being that they found here on Earth. And she turns into this giant kaiju that is hell bent on finding her father and taking revenge. It, it's a great oh. sci-fi book. I enjoyed it a lot.
2: Mm, sounds good.
1: Feels like uh, it could be, a, yeah. It could be what? A manga.
0: I I don't know, but it's it's fantastic, and I uh, really
1: that premise is like a manga or an anime. Oh or
0: yeah, something. and it's actually I believe it's a trilogy. I think this is the first book in a trilogy for this this uh, nemesis. Um, because it, you can definitely feel the Godzilla vibes in it, and I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a lot of Godzilla vibes in this book, and I really enjoyed okay. it. I thought it did, it did a great job paying homage to, to the old um, Godzilla movies. The next one I listened to was called We Sold Our Souls by Grady
2: Hendrix. Grady Hendrix, hold on, from the um, Final Girl Support Group. Yes. That one, and yeah. i got to be
0: honest. I've not read anything by him that was fantastic. Like this was an enjoyable read, but it was nothing. Fan- it was not nothing great. It was just an enjoyable re- enough of an enjoyable read to not put it down. And this is essentially Mark about a band that is trying to make it big, and huh? one of the members sells all of his bandmate's souls in order to get famous.
1: Well, that, well, hang on, hang on, Jim um yeah the person that does that is it the singer or is it the guitarist it's the, the singer. Oh, okay um yeah i mean i don't know how much you'll get for like a bassist or a drummer <laughs> <laughs> a guitarist though yeah yeah that's a lot and singer, man who knows um it, it was
0: it was okay i mean it, it it was an interesting read i enjoyed it um there were some really good parts to it like um you basically it's it's the girl it's one of the ladies who played guitar in the band is the one who is the main character through the whole thing where she finds out what actually happened because she has blank spots because of a car accident um, and it it was interesting but it just wasn't anything fantastic for me to be perfectly honest a book I did read that surprised me was artn few <laughs> <laughs> Our Cranium, The Future of Horror Literature is Now by Mark Towes and Damon Manx. So this is about Think Mark Sphere. Mm -hmm. It's about this machine that allows one person that's controlling it to bring forth horrors to torture other people. And this group of quote unquote friends or frenemies, they're all authors, are trapped in this cycle now where they're torturing each other.
1: Okay, I like that premise.
0: And they're they're really using a lot of their. There's there's one scene where uh, one of the girls I forget which one um, had a stillbirth, and whoever's controlling the machine at the time uses that against her. Mm-hmm. And it, it really is more about the horror that we do to each other than it is about actual horror stories, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's wh- how much of what we know about each other are we going to use against each other? So. And it, it has the sort of endings you like. You appreciate, Mark.
1: So it's got a dark ending.
0: I, I would consider it dark, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it it sounds very kind of high concept.
0: It is, but not in an unrelatable way. Like, you you totally get everything that's going on. There's no...
1: No, no, I, not, I just mean the concept is a high concept.
0: Yeah, right. and, and it's fantastic. It, it's really well done. And this is the first time I've read anything by either one of those authors. And I thought it was done well. The narrator sorry, is Lee James.
1: So sorry, uh, I wonder if each of those authors were like chose a character and just wrote that character.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I don't know. I'd have to ask, but I, I could message him on Facebook and ask if you like. <laughs> I don't know in, in this particular instance. Um I will say that the the narrator Lee James, his voice and his cadence takes a little getting used to. Like I was a little put off for about the first forty-five minutes. Uh-huh. Um, for his voice, but it only shows Lee James, but there's a female narrator, too, that helps with the characters, and she's fantastic. She's from some podcast. I I don't remember which one off the top of my head. But oh, she was really, really
1: good, also. You, who wants to hear from people in the podcast? Right. And <laughs> then, <please> no, <laughs>
0: no, no offense, Alan, but I have to talk about my favorite release so far, <laughs> which, uh, Mark, David R. Slayton had a new book come out on Halloween.
1: Mm-hmm
0: called Dark Moon, Shallow Sea, and I've already done a TikTok video about this book. This is – so I we spoke earlier, Alan, about how he does urban fantasy, and he mm-hmm. wrote the sort of books I like. Well, this is his epic fantasy where he's doing an entire world building. Um, I don't know how many books are going to be in this series, but this is the first. And it um, it follows three characters, Rafe, Kinos, and Seth. Um, Rafe is a follower of the moon. I believe. Let me make sure you have this right. Yep. Rafe is a follower of the moon and the moon has been killed and sent to the underworld. And he is the last of their followers. The followers of Hyperion, the sun god, have pretty much wiped out Phoebe's followers. Phoebe's is, moon goddess. Is the
1: moon uh, a conscious thing?
0: The moon is a goddess, essentially. The I mean, she's... The, when they talk about the moon they're talking about the physical embodiment of the moon mm-hmm. so it's a female that can that would be the moon kind of in a pagan way oh or... yeah essentially it's very Rome, like it has a lot of greco-roman influence in it with the mythology so it, there's a personification of everyone like Hyperion is the personification of the Sun mm-hmm. um, Phoebe's the goddess of the moon um, so anyway wraith is um, is trying to figure out how to bring the moon back to restore balance to the world. And he, he has to steal this box. It's been told to him by by the gentleman that raised him that he needs to steal this box. When he steals the box, they go to open it thinking something of value that's going to help them bring back the moon is inside, but it turns out to be a a man. And now they have to figure out what this man has to do with whatever's going on. And that's as much as I'm going to tell you because there's so many twists and turns, I would actually have to ruin the story to go any further. And I don't want to do that.
2: Sounds very intriguing, um, though the premise. It is,
0: and it David R. Slayton does this one thing better than anybody I've read so far with gay with um, LGBTQ relationships. He gets all of the intimacy without doing any of the graphic sex. Like you, you feel really close to these characters, and you can feel how strongly they feel for each other, but you don't need to hear about them having sex. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I love what he writes so much. Um, you can feel you can feel the relationships developing throughout the story.
1: Yeah. How are the straight characters in it, Jim?
0: I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, his, don't his straight characters his straight characters are fine. Um, he does the exact same thing. He no, I, I, I,
1: I was entirely joking. I know,
0: but he does. He treats them like any other character, but all of his protagonists are LGBTQ representation. So okay. that, those are the relationships that he's building up through all of his stories. Mm-hmm. So and then as we spoke earlier, Alan, I'm about almost halfway done with your with your novel. So I will finish that and I will I will make a, um, a video or talk about it on the next episode. I'll make sure I get
2: send you that link, too. I appreciate it. Nice. <laughs> <coughs> OK, that's it. But for it's me. A, some uh, some good ones there. I had a question for both of you because I saw this book really blowing up over the last couple yeah. of weeks. Slewfoot. Oh, the I Bron- love that book. It is fantastic. People keep, people keep talking about it, and I I can't get it in Belgium yet. So tell me, good. So it, it I thought it was fantastic. It's not horror,
0: in my opinion. It's more um, it's more about the evil that people do to each other. Mm-hmm. It's not so much a straight horror book, and it's a slow burn. Um, but I hate to say this.
1: Well, what's the premise Jim?
0: So it's essentially about this woman who is um. Her husband dies, and people are trying to steal her land. It takes place in um, in the 1600s or, or 1700s at some point, um, some sort of colonial era, um, mm-hmm. and she and it's essentially about how horrible the town treats her, and then how she gets her revenge.
2: Okay. Yes, yeah, so um, a, ta- a tale of bewitchery is the tagline yeah. or the 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 second title. Right. Did they
0: think um, she's a witch? N- no. Is they, she a witch? No, I'm not ruining the book, Mark. Mm.
1: Okay, so she is a witch.
0: I'm not ruining the book, Mark.
1: Well, I'm this saying, is what I will like, tell you about you don't this. that binary question, that she <laughs> she's, a Alan, I, <laughs> right, she's a female wizard.
2: There,
0: <laughs> she's a female <mean> wizard. She's
1: a <laughs> mage.
0: Yes. Um, what I will say, Alan, is that is not my favorite of his books. No. I don't understand how he can be so good at everything because he's a fantastic artist and he's a great writer. Um, my favorite book by Bram is *Old Gods*. Um, okay. It is a, it is about a man that has to go through purgatory and parts of hell to save his wife after he's murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, the thief, the the child thief, is another fantastic book, which is a reimagining of *Peter Pan*. Yeah. Um, and what is uh, *Krampus*, the Yule Lord, is fantastic. It's the time of year it's for that sens- one for Krampus. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's essentially uh, Krampus has been imprisoned by Santa, and this is his story. And it, I thought it was fantastic.
1: Okay, great. <laughs> That's an American Dad episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, it is. There's oh, also yeah. a, a Dutch um, horror flick called Krampus. Yes, by the way. I
0: love. I, I am almost, I'm in on almost every Krampus movie I've ever seen. So you've watched that one too, then? Yeah. I don't think I've seen the Dutch one though.
1: And there's rare there is, exports, and there, there's a
0: lot of... That, that, that new one, there, There's
2: Something in the Barn, that's a foreign film, too. Where is that from? Hmm, don't know. That's a Krampus one as well. A Krampus, or however, however you call it. Something in the Barn. Here we go. Uh,
0: Norway. An American Family Moves Back to Norway.
2: Ooh, nice. Okay. And this and, is about Norwegian elves, and they're not nice elves. Oh, I love the kind of anything Scandinavian mythology wise gets creepy. And have you watched yeah. Sint, Sint yet? You know, like in, uh, in Belgium, we don't have like Santa Claus, we have like kind of a Saint Nicholas, Saint Martin, right?
0: That does not uh, look familiar, no.
2: And it's like Slasher right. from Netherlands, Belgium. So S I N T, Sint. That's a, a nice one to watch too. And they made, the guy that made that made something else um, that I might have seen. Uh, in- oh. It's Dick Maas. Yeah, he made um yeah. Amsterdam, maybe?
1: No. Amsterdam, yeah. Oh, I put it in, um I came up with, like, Yahoo Finance. Oh, yeah, it
2: says Amsterdam, yeah. And then The Lift yeah. as well, which is also a good Dutch horror. <laughs> the <Lyft>. Well,
1: good. <laughs> yep. A fun one. <laughs> that's, a w- that's a kind of weird one, uh, but I like it.
2: Yeah, same. Yeah, and Amsterdam's a fun one, too. That, yeah. I mm-hmm. guess that would be, like, a good European slasher. But, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So that that movie Synth, you were talking about is that yeah. about Saint Nicholas who um, kidnaps and murders children on December fifth?
2: Yep, that's the one. Okay, so we
1: were we were told a different story as kids, but
0: <laughs> this. So Mark, that's called Saint in the U.S.
1: No, I know. No, I know. It's, I know about it. I just seen haven't,
0: it? I haven't seen it yet.
1: I haven't seen it. I know about it.
2: Okay, it's fun. Like it, it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, you would like it's, Mark was saying before a lot of fodder in that one, but it's fun definitely yeah. if you grew up as a kid. You know, believing in that saint because that's our, we don't have Santa Claus here in in our culture here. So for us, that's the big thing that all of a sudden that character is a, you know, serial
1: Uh, killer. So so me and Jim have talked about this before. It's weird. There seems to be more Christmas related horror movies than Halloween related Mm -hmm. horror movies. It's very strange.
2: Do you think it's because Halloween took over that much, as in the actual franchise? that no one else kind of dared to go there except for, like, trick-or-treating.
0: I I think it's more that people want to ruin the joy of Christmas. Like, it's more fun to ruin the joy of the Christmas holiday than it is to take a, quote-unquote, spooky holiday and try and make it more spooky.
1: Yeah, I I think to try and subvert, um, like, this supposedly happy time and put horror into it, which is just that sort of reverse... Things. Like Speaking Mariah Gary Christmas-
0: basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking Gary of Christmas horror, I have to say that there is a movie that is terrible, unabashedly terrible. But the opening scene is so worth no, the watch. Don't, it's called- don't
1: say don't say Santa's fucking sleigh because that movie's great.
0: I am gonna say Santa's sleigh.
1: But fuck you, Jim. That movie's <laughs> great.
0: the opening. I'm telling you, Alan, if you can see it, the opening is fantastic.
1: With, with Fran Drescher no. and James Caan,
0: it's great. Oh, I I love Drescher, movie. great. Yeah, the whole it, movie's great. It, it's
2: terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> By the way, there's a new Thanksgiving thing coming out too, right? Thanksgiving yep. slasher Thanksgiving. coming out? Talk so, about, uh,
1: so that's the Eli Roth one, right? Yeah, yep, that's the hospital dude, he, isn't it? Yeah, he did yes. the. He did that fake trailer in the... Um, what do you call it? Uh, the Quentin Tarantino... Um, mm. Grindhouse kind Grindhouse of. Stuff. Grindhouse, yes. Um, so he did that fake trailer, which was great in there, and um, I guess I, he's making a movie around that. Yep, I kind of wish good. that he just left that trailer alone, because it's one of the best things Roth has ever done.
0: It looks like it could be fun. hmm But my favorite my favorite my favorite two favorite Thanksgiving horror movies are Poultry Geist and Thanksgiving.
2: Wait what poultry geist? Yes. It's a I, thought I, had a non- I thought I had a non-native moment. Like, I guess he means poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's
0: poltergeist.
1: It's poltergeist.
0: <laughs> it's, it's about a haunted uh, chicken restaurant. Fried but chicken it's, restaurant. But, it, it's
1: great. Well, chickens are scary, I'll tell you that. So. But it's not a Thanksgiving movie. Night
2: no, the I just watch bed. it
0: on Thanksgiving. It, it's, oh, I see. Yeah. It, it's Another thing we don't
2: have in, uh, in Europe. Yeah. Right. We have very sim- well, very different holidays don't we except for Christmas yes. I guess but even then mm-hmm. Christmas for you you have Santa Claus and we don't so.
1: there's way more public holidays oh. in Europe than there is in the US and our, Belgium our has St. the highest Lincoln. amount of public
2: holidays in the world so oh, I, I got it there. <laughs> our Santa like 42 is or had,
0: what our Santa Claus is a bastardized version of your Saint Nicholas so
2: you th- uh, you me, reckon me, I already don't know
0: there's nothing there's nothing um, original in the United States we've we've stolen it from somewhere. <laughs> so, Alan, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having uh, me. Well, you're welcome back anytime, Mark. You have anything you want to say to anybody before? No, no, I
1: I'll really appreciate it. Um, definitely come back. It's been a good time. Yeah. And um, I hit- go ahead,
0: Jim. Go, no, go ahead, Mark.
1: No, I was gonna say, Alan. Uh, anything else you want to say before we uh, sign off? Anything else you want to plug? Yep. <laughs> just <laughs> please
2: give my novel a shot because I'm a debut indie author and we need all the yeah. exposure we can get it's not—it's a bit of a struggle and you're kind of flying under the radar if you don't have a big publishing house backing you up so yeah. give it a go even if it's one chapter on Kindle Unlimited if you don't like it, that's very fair yeah. but yeah, give me a shot I would very much yeah. appreciate it
0: <laughs> well, again, thank you very much and everybody, we will talk to you again soon